and welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Robinson. Today we have Ryan Milligan, oh, Jimmy Moynihan, <laughs> Judd Jones. And just so you know, <laughs> Brian does not have a mic, so if it sounds like he's speaking from underneath a dungeon somewhere, yeah, there we go. There we go. Now they're just hugging around the mic. It's yeah. nice. It's nice. <laughs> So right, so before we right before we started recording, Jimmy was talking about the last episode, entitled "Jimmy's Going Down," and he yes. had some comedy philosophy. Oh, okay, so it's not really philosophy. I don't know why I said that, but um, <laughs> so obviously I had to listen to that because it was called "Jimmy's Going Down." Yeah, um, I think it's going a certain direction, but maybe I'm wrong. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's Go like ahead. saying nice things about me, and um, yeah. but then like so. You're saying which I like. I like that. Mm-hmm. So I think motivation is good. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's doing good, and okay, I, I want to get. But the the thought of like uh, comedy being competitive, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, that I I guess I don't have it. Correct. I just I look at comedy as uh, things. You know, someone's doing well that encourages you to do well. But like saying, oh, I'm going to take him down and be the best joke writer in mm-hmm. town is like weird because like, you know, just have have people encourage you, have people motivate you. Mm-hmm. But it's not it really isn't competition. So suck on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's a black comic thing. Black comics yeah, are way more I like it was adversarial <laughs> about like <laughs> who's funny. Yeah. But no, I just know for me, it's I'm very lazy. I'm very, I mean, just honest, I'm very lazy and undisciplined and how I've learned to be better about that is to, to pick an enemy, you know an I mean? enemy, but no, but not again, not in a, like, not in a bad way to compete with, to in compete with or? in my head. Right. It's like, all right, this guy is really, really, that's how I got so good at crowd work. Yeah. Right. Like I, everybody used to, I'm telling you, I, my thing used to be joke writing. I used to just have really, well, I mean, I still have really good material, but I, I would just get up. And like Jerry Seinfeld has that thing where he's like, I just rely on the material and I would get up and I would just tell my material. And because my material was good, I would do well. Eugene would go up and with lesser material, just kind of crowd work. And people would have so much fun with the crowd work that at, at the end of the show, everybody was like, oh, my God, that Eugene guy was so great. Oh, my God. And I'd be like, this motherfucker doesn't even write jokes. <laughs> but so, he does. No, but, he does. But... He does have good crowd work. His his crowd so work like, and stage presence is very what good. What Brian said, I think, it was he's just way more likable than you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what, what Brian said was like, uh, I think he nailed it on the head. Where it's like, okay, so, I mean, so you go into uh, what's it called? Pineapples. Pineapples. Yeah. I'm going to do a 10 minute set, and it's going to be all material, mm-hmm. and I'm working on just doing material yeah which i think is good because mm-hmm. i mean you have crowd work down mm-hmm. and you you'll just keep getting better at crowd work as you yeah. go um but um yeah now it's time you're a good joker you're a great joke writer you have great mm-hmm. jokes so now it's like i think to keep getting better at joke writing you have to really i mean like especially since you're not getting up like every night mm-hmm. um I think you have to take advantage of the times you are on stage and mm-hmm. really like tell a joke. Okay, go home, workshop it, or however, however you your writing process is, and then take it back up 
and really just keep making good jokes better. I think that's that's the the key is to to keep it. You have a great joke just mm-hmm. in general. Great joke. It's killer. How can I make it better? How can I make it longer? How can I, uh, ju- you know, you just keep crafting it. So I think that's, I mean, br- I mean, you guys talked about it last week. I think that's the key is um, to do that. But as far as like competition, I know you're not a mal- malicious. No. And I'm yeah. glad, and, I, and other people motivate me like that mm-hmm. too. So it's not like, it's whatever like motivates you. Mm-hmm. And to, to, if I'm going to be fully like, if I'm going to be honest, there is a little bit of me that's like, I want to be as good as that person. Yeah. When I see someone crushing, yeah. I think I want to be Well, that that's good. it. That's how I yeah. see it. It's like mm-hmm. when someone's crushing, like I don't care who it is. If it's somebody who's, you know, pasty white guy <laughs> or, or it's like a black chick, like yeah. if anybody's crushing, that's what I – that's what when I see that I'm like oh shit I gotta write I gotta write on these jokes or I gotta like that's a different thing like when you hear it and see it like that's what I get almost jealous over I also get jealous over when somebody has like a really good line and you're like fuck I wish I would have thought of that just like some <laughs> yeah, random and you're like oh my god and especially when it's like in your wheelhouse like it's something yeah. it sounds like you would say I'm like oh shit mm-hmm. but, I, but I, I get like you know that's what really kind of I, mean, I shouldn't say makes me jealous, but that's what like makes me focus in is when I see or hear somebody like killing really hard because mm-hmm. it just reminds me like you there you the jokes are never done. I mean, you might think they are, but you can always add to it. You can always evolve it. You can always change it. So I think there's never. I hope I never get to a point where I'm like, okay, that this this joke is done or this no. set is done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear even you know big name comedians who do specials and you hear them in an interview and they're talking about how they wish they're like, Oh, I've added three tags to that since I recorded it, you know, before it came out or whatever, because they're never done, you know? Mm -hmm. So you couple that with someone who's killing, I'm just, that's what's in my head all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm just happy Jimmy decided to use my advice today because when I said that to Chris his response was I'm not taking advice from a fucking open mic (laughs) 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 it was not that well put well put but no no, he was no what only thing I responded to was his (laughs) that sounds like such an asshole but no I was just responding to the I was responding to the non-competitive thing like I just know what works for me. Yeah, no, and that's like fine. my 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 crowd work is literally entirely from watching Eugene and going this wanting to take him fucker. Down. Like I cannot believe that he's doing this right now. And then I got really good at crowd work. So now I watched specifically, and this is where I was giving you the credit that that restaurant voice joke, and I watched you do it, and I and it kills every time. And in my head, I'm going over all of my material. And I'm like, I don't have a single joke that is as complete and tidy as that one. It goes from setup to tag to tag to tag and gets funnier from t- it's just structurally so well pieced together that I watched you do it and went this fucking asshole with love with love you know what i mean i'm proud and i'm like jimmy's awesome but i'm like god i have to i have to master that now right so now i'm gonna set the crowd work aside a lot more whatever like motivates you is good but also like um i mean brian was there when i told it the first time yeah and it was not it was just it was literally me looking down at my notes yeah and and saying okay let me try this one let me try this one yeah and then 
he went up the first time with that joke, mm-hmm. like the very first time, said the 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 setup, mm-hmm. and then had four fucking tags to it. That yeah. all were knockout tags. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it would have taken me three months to write each <laughs> one of those. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then he got off stage, and I was telling him how good that joke was, and he goes, "Yeah, I gotta go home and fuck with it." You know? And I was like, "How are you gonna make it better than what you just did?" And, and it's been he, better every and, time we've told it. Every yeah. single time he's made it better. You yeah. Know? So that's when I was like, "Fuck," <laughs> you know? Like well, I, he had a killer joke, and then just made it more and more and more killer yeah. well that's something that i just recently way too late adjusted to is like okay i have a good joke on to the next one but now instead i have a good joke how can i make it better and also how can i add stuff because i remember listening to a podcast where it was like they were talking about you have like with a premise that people are into because like you can have a good joke mm-hmm. but if the premise isn't uh, something interesting, mm-hmm. then the audience is going to lose interest, obviously. So you have their attention on this. So let's make it as, let's, if I can continue it and go in a different direction, but with the same premise, then why not uh, do that? So um, it's just a thing I've just recently done. It's just let, let's make each joke as good, it, you know, as complete as possible. Mm-hmm. I had a joke. Well, it wasn't even a joke. It was crowd work. We were talking about like we're just each part of it just hits and, you know, all that. And it was an in the moment thing that'll probably never come up again because it was crowd work. <laughs> but it was a there was a group of four people like older people who came to the Space Coast show. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm going around the room just doing crowd work, whatever. And and they all had masks on and like nobody was wearing a mask at the show ever, you know, and they had masks <laughs> on. And then she took it down to answer when I talked to them. And then I just went into, yeah, you pulled your mask down to talk. Put that shit back up. I'm not fucking around. (laughs) And I had like five things that just boom, boom, boom Hmm. off the top of my head that just hit. And I'm watching the video afterwards. I was like, awesome. I'll never use it again. Like it will never happen again. But I just got lucky because one of those four or five things that I said could have just fucking bombed and I would have lost the whole thing yeah. but I think there was also like the tension of somebody wearing a mask in the room yeah so I then you know and we're Florida and, and, so and it's like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Florida well they were from Michigan so oh, so that, yeah. that, that, that that's probably it yeah. yeah 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 that was that was a good video hey I have a I have a question for, okay because also something that I listened to last week mm. is you guys were debating about open mics should I work on crowd work at an open mic should i only work on material i think you were saying only material brian was saying it i think you were saying that if the audience is if there's just like not a lot of audience you're just saying i'm just gonna do crowd work or i think what i was saying was that like like for me i like to go up about halfway through an open mic right and if i'm watching just comic after comic die on jokes you know what i mean like just because it happens sometimes where it's just every comic goes up Mm -hmm. i've seen them all do well and then now they have you know we're at this mic and the audience is not receptive to any jokes that's coming out like that then that's when i just go all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go do crowd work and have a good set but I also understand that, like, it's not about having a good set every time. That's what yeah. I you know what I mean? in my head. Yeah. With, like, an open mic, I think you should never think, oh, I want to kill this open mic. Yeah. It's like I have I have a mission, and that's to run material mm-hmm. and see if any of it's good. Or even looking at the crowd and being like, you say a premise, 
are people responding to this premise? Right. Do they seem interested? Just because um, almost every open mic, you can see the people. There's mm-hmm. no like spotlight or anything. Yeah. Um, so and then again, it's like we have s- we're not in a big city where we can do two, three open mics a night or hit like ten, fifteen open mics in a week. So the I was just thinking when I was listening to it, it's like we have such little stage time. Like if because like both me and Brian and you, we mm-hmm. want we we want to continue this long yeah. term. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just thinking like, I mean, is uh, Brian your material is like great? You're a good writer. So I was thinking like you sh- maybe you shouldn't, and your crowd work will develop as you go just naturally. So I was thinking like you should use all your every second you have just trying jokes whether or not they hit or not yeah uh that's just how i feel um and i mean also you're i mean you kill it with crowd work maybe something you can do is do like crowd work for like 30 seconds try to just wake them up hey you're at a comedy show and then go into material and then another thing that you don't want to get caught up in is learning how to do crowd work in front of an open mic audience because and just nodding because he knows <laughs> the audience at an open mic is very different from the audience at a real show mm-hmm. so if you're if if your sort of gauge yeah. if you develop your if you calibrate your crowd work for a dive bar with a bunch of shit faced people and comics in the back yeah. your crowd work style is going to be so abrasive mm-hmm. that when you get on stage in front of a bunch of middle-aged white people in Coco Village that you know yes. have some money and have a nice house and a nice car <laughs> and they're like real, you know, and they're like real, like, you know, working human beings, yeah. they're going to be like, "Who's this fucking asshole on stage talking to us like this?" So you want to like, you want to make sure that you don't. Like Jimmy, Jimmy said, at an even at an open mic, even if it's a shitty open mic, you can tell a joke, and if the premise is good, if the writing is good, mm-hmm. you'll see the sparkle come out of people. Mm-hmm. You can tell the difference between something that yeah. doesn't go well and doesn't. <clears throat> but crowd work is such an in the moment thing yeah. that in order to develop like what it takes to be good at it, you know what I realized? I'm talking all this shit. I got really good at crowd work at fucking old school pizza. Yeah, old school pizza. I'm I I'm lying. Was this, though, but I, I wasn't going <laughs> to But what I, I will say <laughs> But what I will say though is I I got comfortable doing crowd work at old school pizza mm-hmm. and then learned to dial it back down at real shows cuz at old school pizza I can those are all college kids. I can call them pieces of shit right in their face and they laugh. You do that in front of again 40 year old white people they're like who is this guy talking to yeah you know well to, to be fair like i don't i don't I, like i'm still new enough where i don't get like hosting gigs at cl- clubs and stuff yeah, yeah yeah so uh most of the time i do like showcase shows yeah uh i'm not doing crowd work yeah. i've done it a few times at pineapples mm-hmm. because that's like the show I'd, i've done the most you know yeah. and Sometimes you like see like some of the same people in the audience, and you don't want to go up and say the same jokes in front that's of them. What, so, that's what got so me. So I'm like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> take a left turn yeah. uh, and try something different here. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> and and to be fair, I've like I went up to Mulligans with Eugene, mm-hmm. which 
it's not. I mean, it's a showcase show. It's not like an open mic. No. And I had a set there where I started with crowd work, and there was a, a, a you know, at that place has like a couple of tables right at the stage. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to this lady and this dude who were sitting next to each other, and the guy was or the lady was like clearly a biker. She had like leathers on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was asking her, I was like, "Is this your husband?" And she goes, "No." I was like, "Is your boyfriend?" She said, "No." And I was like, "Why?" And I was like, is it because he doesn't drive a Harley? And he just yells out, no, I drive an Indian. I was like, oh, it's because he's a pussy. <laughs> and like, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> but the audience kind of tightened up at that. You know, yeah. I was like, okay, all right. So I, again, like to your credit of, yeah. of like open mic comedy, that would have killed in yeah, an open somewhere mic. Somewhere else, exactly. In, in that room, it was middle-aged white folks who yeah. kind of tightened their asses up a little bit, you know. Yeah. Luckily, I steered out of it real quick. I, like, yeah. I, I caught it right then and was like, okay. <laughs> And I got out of it and just yeah. did jokes and it went fine. But I definitely see what you're saying on that one. That's yeah, it's a, a, you have to adjust. Yeah, I'd put the crowd work in the back pocket. Yeah, like, you know, because, yeah. like, you want to, I think you want to get, like, you know, 5, 10, 15, and 20. Like, you, you know, you want to build all four of those because yeah. those are kind of the standard of what you would need to do at yeah. some certain point. Yeah. Um, you did do crowd work at my I show. And He's and it was, one. but it was it was good. I mean, it it, it was good. But I, I gotta I gotta say this about Brian. I asked him recently if he had a certain amount of time to do it, to mm-hmm. be on a show, and he responded back with pretty much honestly no. But I've got this 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 and this, and I was just like fucking. I can appreciate that. Like you know, just having that attitude. I just wanted to say that, and I booked him on a show. I mean, I'm paying him half, but <laughs> but no, but no. But I mean that that's you have the right attitude about it and like recognition of it. Don't you know? Crowd work is like what we're doing right here. It's improv. I mean, that's if you're comfortable on stage and you're killing with great jokes and you want to do crowd work, well, then you know you're the guy in control. You're the swinging dick on stage. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's you're in a good spot to do it. But you you definitely want to get like I think all four of those levels of jokes. You know, five, ten, fifteen, and twenty. Well, yeah, and crowd work, you know, fucking a lot of times it just happen, It happens organically. And you, I mean, I got into comedy later. You've only been doing it for a while. You have like Six a whole nother, a whole nother life. Yeah. Well, you've also got life experiences too. So you bring that to crowd work. Yeah. You know, you see someone who's wearing a shirt from, you know, like a chick I had to kick out of my show a couple weeks ago. She's wearing a shirt that said Boulder, right? Well, you maybe have gone to Boulder. So you know something that, you know, you can play off of that with or, or yeah. whatever. But, um... Yeah, yeah, I had to kick a chick out the other week. What, what, really? it, it was she just being obnoxious? Yeah, it wasn't as it could have been really bad, but it, but I had the audience. Mm-hmm. I, I had them right, and so she was. And at the beginning of the show, and I think I'll put the video up because you don't see her, but uh, she kept talking, and I looked at her dude, and she was a white chick, and her dude, I think it was like half black, half mm-hmm. white, and he's sitting there when she starts talking. She when she starts talking. Uh, I, I said, I don't know, because I think I did point out her shirt and said something to her, like doing crowd work. And then she was really loud. Mm. And I kind of responded like, holy shit, you know, just like <laughs> volume wise and um, said whatever. And then her dude was kind of looking at me like, yeah, I know, dude. Like, you know, you could see it. So then I started saying stuff about him. Like, you know, <laughs> he's got to deal with it all the time. We just have to deal with it tonight. You know, that kind of shit. And um, <laughs> and then she was cool for the first comedian. But in between, like at the end of the first comedian and then when I was about to bring up the next one, she just wouldn't stop. And I was like, and oh, and that's when I asked her, I go, let me ask you a question. Are, are you stoned? And the audience got real nervous and she really loud. She was like, I am stoned <laughs> like that. Right. And I was like, okay, you know, and then she, ke- you know, and then she kept on going and I was getting ready to introduce the next comedian. She just wouldn't stop. She's talking to the people next to her and all that. And then I was like, I think it's time to go. 
like mm-hmm. that. And the guy next to her, so, you know, another table, he's like, no. And I was like, you shut up. I was like, you're not. No, 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 no. This is, we're not going to have this and ruin it for, you know, did all that shit. Yeah. And then her dude was quick to get up. Like, he yeah. was glad that I gave the opening. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, like, I've been through I know. This one. Yeah. I was, I was like, pay your tab at the bar. And then she didn't, like, you know, cause any problems walking out. And um, and then, you know, it, the audience was with me, though. So it mm-hmm. worked. And then I did a little bit before I brought up the next. It was Nick Masick. You had him on your yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Nick great. was the next one up there afterwards. But it was fine. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it worked out good. But, yeah, I was like, you know, that was the first one I had to give the, the first uh, one the kibosh to. Yeah. Well, there was one guy who he um, I kept telling him to be quiet, but he, he showed up fucked up. And then and then he got up it was at the be- at my opening at the beginning of the show and then i said something like you really don't want to be here do you gary whatever his name was <laughs> and then he was like oh, i do you know like that and he was sitting right at the front on the right side up against mm-hmm. the wall like right there on yeah. the stage and um and then he i see just kind of his body language he kind of just had a fuck it and got mm-hmm. up and then started walking right when i was finishing and then he yeah he was he was real disruptive like at the beginning but then I say, okay, he's leaving. And so I go back and stand at the back where I normally do during the show. And he comes walking over to me like he's, you know, so I met him like halfway. And then he was like, I've been on the road for a week. And I just interrupted him. I was like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Get out. Like, just go. Just go. But he had already paid and shit. Uh But so technically I didn't kick him out. But I maybe I encouraged it a little. (laughs) Since we're talking about Blind Lion, I got to I got to. Quick story for Judd. Uh, <clears throat> we run a, a show on Thursday nights downtown Melbourne at uh, Muggsy's. Fuck, I, gotta, I have yet to go to Muggsy's. I'm such an asshole. And, and, and yeah, it's just an open mic, you know, but we sit outside and we bark at uh, people walking by, try to get them, try to fill up the place, you know. Mm. And every week, I mean, the place packs every week. It's really, nice. it's, a, it's a really good spot for us right now. And uh, I was outside barking with another comic named Matt Glidden one night, right? And uh, people walking by, and I say, hey, we got a free comedy show right here. And they turn around and look at me, and they're like, oh, we know you. And I was like, oh, what? Wh- how? You know? And they're like, oh, we saw you up at Blind Lion in Coco. Oh, cool. Nice. I was like, I was like, sweet. That's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're, but they couldn't come into the show. They went off to dinner or whatever, and we keep barking, right? And about. 15 minutes later another couple walks by and I was like hey free comedy show and they're like oh we know you and I was like oh how do you know me oh, this fucker getting famous off of it you know <laughs> and yeah, I, was, I, I, was, I was like how do you know me and they were like oh we saw you up at Blind Lion I was like I've done that show one yeah, fucking time yeah, man yeah. right right yeah. Matt Glidden was over there just cussing my name because he's like fuck you dude <laughs> that's funny that's funny yeah uh, but yeah. since we are talking about that I, I do uh, I mean we got the two guys in the room who have what I would say is the most successful shows in town. You got Pineapples with Jimmy and Blind. Jimmy's got way more shit going on than I do. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but but you you've cu- you've cultivated a room, Judd, where it sells out every single week, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. for the for the so most far. part. So far this year, yeah. yeah. Uh and, and so what I'd like to know is like for people that are starting shows that don't necessarily have all of the information, you know, especially like the years of experience that you've had in this. Like, do you have any advice for people that are starting shows, like uh, maybe some pitfalls to avoid, anything like that? Yeah, well, I, this is the first show that I've ever produced. Like, I've never, I've just done comedy before that. I put together one show in New York for when I was there with some other uh, Texas comedians for Hurricane Harvey relief thing, mm-hmm. you know, at Gotham. I mean, that was the only one I quasi put together. But I mean, for this one, I just, I mean, I, you know, I started because I wanted to meet comedians because I really didn't know many people and have something down the street from where I live once a week, which is nice and convenient. 
uh, not to bring his name up again, but Nick Masick, I, I met him when I first moved down here. I don't remember how I got in touch with him, maybe through somebody mutual, like in one of the Facebook groups or something. And I did a couple of his spots in Fort Lauderdale. And, um, and then when I started thinking about doing a show, I talked to him about some of the kind of some of the stuff you're talking about and maybe, you know, ways to do it. Um, but I also got pretty lucky in the place that I found because the place checks off a lot of boxes. Like, I think that it's about the show itself. Like, I want the show to build. You know, I, I, I kind of get the impression some comedians are frustrated they haven't been on the show or something. But I I, I look at it as as a cumulative like I, I want the show it's not just random 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 comedians like mm -hmm. I want you know and I want a lot of different kinds of people on the show like that's like kind of what I go for but there's a lot of things that are checked off the box with that room um, it's perfect for comedy <laughs> all in all like dark brick wall yeah. uh, lighting's pretty good um, there's music on the speakers before the show and so we open like an hour and a half early so people can come eat and all that mm -hmm. and so you've got music going you can dim the lights, dim the mute, put the music down, and that gets people trained to like, okay, the show's starting. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's all these little things that you don't get in a lot of venues because they just don't have it, whatever. I mean, I black out the windows with poster board. I put it up every fucking week because they have like half curtains in there. Mm -hmm. And instead of like trying to get him to talk him into buying curtains, I was like, well, fuck mm -hmm. it. I'll just go get poster board. And I've, you know, I'm still using the same one since the first show. They're getting too heavy because I keep, I keep putting the tape like over the top. After that, I literally tape into the windows behind that half curtain. So you got to black it out. Um, you, you want people to be focused on the stage, you know. Um, so that a lot of that stuff is because of the room. Now, as far as you know, making it a good show. I mean, I've watched watched a lot of comedian videos since I started doing this, um, and then you know some. You know, and there, there's some, I'll tell you, like some, some comedians who I, I didn't know anybody from anything, but then like I, I would always ask for a 10 to 15 minute clip because if they, because I usually put, you know, 15 minute spots in a 30 or all 15s. And so if somebody's got a 10 to 15 minute, that's a really good clip. And then you can see like their confidence on stage and all that. I'm like, okay, well, that person probably has a good 30, you know, or could probably get to 30, you know, if you ask them. But then I'll also hope that they're being honest, you know. And, um, so I, w I was pretty lucky with getting a lot of recommendations for people. I think you were like one of the first people someone, I think, you know, Nick did again, mm -hmm. recommended you, and then you recommended a bunch of people. That like started kind of the whole thing going. And, um, but yeah, I mean, having the good good comedians, it, but if you look at, like it's $10 in advance, 15 at the door, I, I don't put any more than 40 people in there because it's comfortable and full at 40. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, you can do the math. Ain't nobody getting rich off of it, yeah. right? Now, but I also want to pay comedians to where it's worth their while, especially if they're going to drive, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit. I've been kind of surprised that I've gotten, starting to get more people from, like, Tampa and shit and even Fort Lauderdale who want to be on the show. And I can't really bump the pay. I mean, just yeah. the economics doesn't <laughs> work with it, you know, and then marketing costs and shit like that. Um, are, you, are you still putting money into marketing that room? Not as much. Okay. I'm, I, I've been able to scale it back, and then I just put it in certain groups, yeah. um, local community groups and stuff like that. Um, but I also go out to, like, the, you know, the craft fairs and shit mm -hmm. that are in Cocoa Village. You know, I'll oh, go out yeah. to those, and, I mean, I'm always wearing the fucking shirt, you no. see. Like, <laughs> I've got, like, five of them. I just rotate. And um, so I'm always doing that and going up to people who look like they, you know, I'll, I'll profile people, like mainly based on age, you know, mm -hmm. and, but to be like, hey, you guys got a comedy show, that kind of stuff. 
Um, so, but like as far as putting money into like Facebook promotion, I have been able to scale back on that. But I think the biggest thing is we haven't had a, a fucking bad show yet. I mean, knock on wood. I mean, it, anything could happen. So I think it, it started to roll and people, we get a lot of returning guests. That's a big thing. So you're given a good product. I mean, that's really what it is, yeah. you know, I mean, beginning to end. And what I, my favorite compliment that I'll get is that when people say they're so glad they have this option instead of driving to Orlando, yeah. because they're talking about comedy clubs and yeah. like going there and these local people are like, Oh shit, we got a great hour and a half hour, 40 minute show right here. Great food beforehand, you know? So really a lot of, food. yeah, really good food. And, but a lot of those things are just kind of built into the place, but you've got to, you know, times are tough for a lot of people still too, you know, you know? Yeah. and I think it's going to be like that for a while. I firmly stand by what I charge for what they get for an hour and a half to sure. hour and 40, which I think you and I kind of touched on this recently that, cause there's some comedy shows that you know that people aren't getting their money's worth out yeah. of it. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? And I can't fault anybody for hustling and trying to do stuff, but you know, if you've got a comedy show that you're charging people for 10, 12, even 15 bucks mm -hmm. and the comedians aren't that level of, of comedians, yep. that does not bode well for comedy in mm -hmm. general in the area. Because, yeah. you know, a regular person who's going to a comedy show, you and I've run into this before, like some people think they don't know comedy. They don't know anything about comedy. They just know it exists and they'll come to a show for the first time and they'll see some shitty show. And in their mind, they're like, oh, I'm not going to go to comedy again. I already did that. Right. And they had a bad experience. Right. You know, I mean, anybody could have a bad experience. But if you're putting out a crap product or a suspect product, that's not boding well for the comedy community, yep. like just in, in general. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, people trying to hustle and get stuff done. But it's not it's not helping. It's not helping out the the uh, the big picture for comedy, I think. You and know? Here's, here's where I'll jump in. Because I think that's so important. Because I think the I think the best thing about Blind Lion is it's a curated show. Yeah, yeah. It's something where the person running it hosts it every week. I'm saying the person running it like he's not sitting here. I'm but right you here. Run I'm it, right here. Yes, that's me. You, yes. you run it every week, <laughs> <laughs> and you're on stage, so you know the audience. Like yeah. this is your audience. You know exactly who they are. You know what they respond well to, what they don't, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna put three or four comics. And I'm going to, you, you, and you, we don't let people do guest spots. We don't let people walk in off the street. Yeah. And I have to see a video before. This isn't a chance thing. I right. need to see what you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that your, my biggest compliment would be your level of show is something that's very rare. Because you're at this weird spot between you're not a comedy club. But it's a showcase that's so well curated and systematically run that it's just underneath comedy club work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like you come to Blind Lion, it's not we're not bullshitting around. Like you don't really have many rules, but comics also know how to behave in there because this is not Right. This is not a game. And place. I have yeah, and I haven't had problems with that. Um I mean it but again, like I, I feel like a big part of it is the room. Like the yeah. room is an asset. It, I, I still think just co comedian wise, yeah, mm -hmm. I can still put a good show together if it's somewhere else, but that yeah. room makes a big, big difference. You yeah. know, that, it's definitely an asset. I know for me, when before I did Blind Lion, 
like I listen. Let's quit saying blind line because we maybe right, it's a fucking Ghost. space ghost comedy showcase. Before I did, I did the space ghost comedy showcase. I love the blind line, but space ghost comedy showcase. Yeah, space ghost comedy showcase. Follow them on all social media because Judd. But you know, like we all like all the comics talk to each other. You know what I mean? And like that show is built up. Like in the com uh, amongst the comics, they know like yeah. that's that's a that's a prestigious show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean it's a good show, but like you said, it's put together right. Like I mean, yeah. and I think the fact that you know I've only been doing putting a show together for less than a year, but I've been doing comedy longer than that. That helps. Yeah. You know, and it, and my name's on it. I don't want to have shitty comedians or a shitty show. I don't want to run. You know, I want to I want to increase the the chance of success as much as I can, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and that's booking the right comedians, putting the right comedians together. That's one of my favorite things is having just so many different kinds of people on the show. Although I say that, but last week we had four white people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always try to mix it up, you know, to where it's, it's something different for everybody. And, uh, but also have it build, you know, I mean, and some comedians, and I've been honest with some of them that I'll, that I've had on more than once that I put up toward the front, if not right after me second, it, or mainly after me, especially if I'm doing four 15-minute or having four 15-minute comedians, I, I look for comedians who kind of have a, a hosty element to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the, I, I want jokes. I don't want crowd work because I'm doing that there. But who are, like, personable-wise to yeah. where they could they do or they can be good host because mm -hmm. that's a good second spot energy, yeah. you know, after me. And then, you know, just kind of build up. But, I, you know, one person that I like I've had on a couple of times that – uh, Lauren Dufault, do you mm -hmm. know her? Yeah, Lauren I did Dufault. a show with her. Yeah. Think, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mine. La yeah, last time. Oh I think shit, she I was... drink. I don't remember a lot of things. <laughs> she, uh, she did the um the Kava show with us as well. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done, you put me on. I love having with. her on the show. Like right after me, she's a fucking nut. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know she's 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 wild and, and but she commands your attention like mm -hmm. she does and she's got good jokes. I, I mean I like putting her on so I, the two times i've had her on the show i, I put her on after me mm -hmm. and she asked because and i ch actually i changed the lineups the first time she was on it i just flipped i forget who it was but i flipped she was going to be uh, uh third like after me mm -hmm. second third and then i flipped it to put her on because i was like yeah i want to put she's wild like that's yeah. good to put at the front and then she thought it was almost like a demotion oh. <laughs> and i was like no 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 and i explained no, to her yeah. like the same thing i just said i was like no no you're perfect for this spot like you're an asset yeah. you know to go into that spot right there but um yeah i don't know man it's it's been a lot of fun but it, it it's yeah you gotta have a good product and I, and also and this is gonna sound like arrogant and which i'm definitely not but i guess a little bit narcissist like everybody <laughs> um i know that i've had people plenty of people come back and say they came back because they love my stuff at the beginning mm -hmm. like the crowd work stuff Mm -hmm. especially returning guests, mm -hmm. they know that I'm going to say something to them and I already know they're on board because they fucking came back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that, they at least like me already, yeah. <laughs> which I, I don't need it from my, my, my psyche, yeah. <laughs> but I need it for the show. Yeah. And so that, that helps too. But that's just been, you know, good show. They came back for another good show. Yeah. That's you another know? thing. A, a good host makes a, a comedy show. Yeah, a bad, I feel like a bad host can, can, Am I too loud? No, no, you're good. A bad host can f literally fuck a comedy show. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, you're coming out, and if you're like low energy and yeah. you feel like you're don't even want to be there, yeah, then that you're setting the the tone for the show. So if you got like a host like Judd who's like mm -hmm. coming out and he's ex you could tell he's excited for the show. Mm -hmm. He's interacting. He's getting getting everyone riled up. 
And then, like, there's tension that's built for the first comedian. That's huge. And there's a level of confidence that's so important in the host. Because if, like, the audience has to, it's, like, weird. It's, like, the audience has to trust you to take them on the journey. Right. And if the host is, because normally in comedy, the host is, like, the newest guy on the right. show. Yeah, yeah. But in reality, the better and stronger a comic and more confident a comic the host is, if anything does kind of go off the rails the host comes up and they have trust fixes it yeah it just Reset. fixes it resets yeah they just need to like reset. I, I did a lot of work at <laughs> moon room that one night right where... yeah like if if a comic bombs yeah you gotta reset if a comic destroys you gotta reset, you gotta reset. Yeah. yeah it's like it's like just set it's like yep. not to be a great host it's like it's um it, it's a skill I'll always, I'll always love hosting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that they're cold. I like that it's all on you to get them going. Like, I like that. Like, wow. I've, I've always, like, kind of, you know, I mean, look, it's doing a set anywhere in a lineup is never easy. I mean, you know, you can go in front of 500 people, and if you got good jokes, chances are it's going to be a great fucking night. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to hear, even if half of them are with you, it's great, you know, mm-hmm. like all that. So that, in a, in a sense, is almost easier. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if they're a good audience and someone went up before you and did well, like no, big rooms are easier. They're lubed up. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're and, lubed up. But I, I like to I, I like to just <laughs> going in cold. stuff. I've always liked that, man. I don't know what it is. So I'll always like host a show like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll you know, I'll always like doing that. So, so if, if a comic kills on one of your shows, like, are you trying to bring bring them back down? Is that well, what you're doing? What will happen is the expectation for the next comic uh-huh. is to just ride that exact same cadence and wave. Right. And sometimes, so like, like for a perfect example, like me and Jimmy, mm-hmm. right? If I'm up at pineapples and I'm super aggressive doing crowd work stuff, Jimmy is a more mellow. The punchlines is what gets the crowd going because right. the writing is just so technical and good. Right. It may feel like Jimmy's not doing that well if he's not up there yelling at individual crowd members <laughs> like I am. You That's know what I mean? That's how I feel, too. Yeah. However, if you bring the energy down a little bit so that the audience now goes into Jimmy's world and they're not still stuck, like Cam's another comic like that, too, where you got to relax them afterward. Because the next comic, it may seem like they're bombing, even though they're doing well, just because the energy is so different. And the audience is like, where's the energy of the last guy? I just- also, that's on the yeah. comic. Like, if I come out and I'm following someone that's, you know, screaming at the crowd and, mm-hmm. you know, pointing and all that, I have the, I have the duty to calm pe- bring people yeah. down to my, my energy. As far as, like, what you're asking about, like, if someone was killing, I think there's benefit from all right this guy crushed let's get the next guy up pretty soon which is fine but it's like i feel like i mean the time to reset is if like you come up and the audience is already still like clapping and fucking talking to each other having a conversation yeah, yeah, yeah then you just have to like all right let them settle in let them let them enjoy the person who just went on and fucking crushed and then as soon as they're and then you can just like you could do like a give it up for that guy again give it up for your fucking bar staff don't say fucking you can't say fucking <laughs> uh 
uh, and then just okay, the energy's still there, but you just kind of let you could comment on what we all just saw yeah. or something. You know, there's ways to just kind of steer it back. You know, like so I've said this before, but Gary Owen, uh-huh. you guys know who Gary mm-hmm. Owen is. So Gary Owen is this white guy comic that does almost he's famous. He's he's black famous as they call it. He's famous with black people. He does a bunch of black rooms, and he does those big tours with like I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation. How a lot of famous black comics are on these tours where it's like eight of them. It's like, right. dude, there's no way you guys are making that much money if you're splitting this eight ways when a white guy will come out by himself, do an hour, right. and pocket all the money. It's just a weird thing. Yeah. But he does a lot of those compilation tours. And I was watching a podcast with him, and he was like, I had to learn how to follow like an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And he said what he would actually do <laughs> was. He would, when they call his name, he said he wouldn't go out right away. Mm. He said he would leave the stage empty. So he said for about 10 seconds, which which in that moment feels like forever for the stage mm-hmm. to just be empty. They called your name and you don't go out. He's like, and then I go out and I calmly walk to the mic and I stand there and I just kind of look the audience down. <clears throat> and that just, just that 15 second window of just quiet and silence. He said, it doesn't matter if Eddie Griffin is up there doing backflips. That moment of just quiet silence brings the energy all the way down. And then he can get into his thing. Right. And then he brings them back up. But now it's his energy that's rising, not the last guy's and, and, energy. But the fun part of that is if you can get a good line first out. Yep. Like, you know, once you've settled them in. Yep. You know, yeah. Yeah. One thing I made a mistake doing in the past <laughs> is... uh someone with like high energy will go right before me and then like psychologically i feel like oh i gotta bump you up need to energy. pep it up a little bit <laughs> and, yeah. and that's fucking futile because i can't keep that kind of energy yeah. up and yeah. i can't go into jokes i tell with that kind of energy mm-hmm. so then so what would happen is i go up with like a lot of energy and, and then, then eventually <laughs> i settle in to my actual energy of who I am and then there's like a little bit of disappointment because yeah. <laughs> now they're like the last guy had energy you pretended I to have came energy out with energy <laughs> I, I did an experiment once at the Iron Oak mm-hmm. uh, open mic where I came up I don't know why actually it wasn't an experiment it's just me being a drunk asshole <laughs> um, but I came up and I said what's up my pussy ass bitches or something and I took my jacket and I slammed it on the floor and I grabbed the mic and did like the Chris Rock yeah, uh, yeah. pacing pace and like stare down <laughs> and then I said I was talking to my cat the other day <laughs> and then they were like what the fuck and I'm like I I fucking shot myself in the dick that's so funny with it like before I said a joke <laughs> completely sabotaged but I learned a lesson that's yeah. like oh no I can't match yeah. I need to. That's funny. Bring yeah. them into your world. Yeah. Bring them into Jimmy's world. So we have Space Coast comedy, right? And what is your sort of brand? Because I know it's the pug. Uh, I just renamed it. It was Moon Room Comedy. Mm-hmm. And I renamed it to just Pug Face. Which I'm glad you did because now, because if you ever need to do it at a different location, you're not. That's why Judd's like, it's not the blind line. Yeah. Well, uh, basically, <laughs> well it's basically, not just the blind line. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I just use it. I don't really, I don't know if I have a brand. I don't think I really have a brand. I just use it to um, to uh, promote stuff I'm doing. Because um, I got a thousand followers on Pugface. 
So like, like, um, like with Judge, me and Judge and uh, King Hooker mm-hmm. uh, new open mic podcast on podcast comedy. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we got to uh, get to that now. Like yeah. I have, I promoted, I'm promoting the um, that on Pugface. Mm-hmm. So even though it's a Space Coast comedy production. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to promote it on there. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever, basically it's whatever's happening um, in wh- whatever show I'm part of. Mm-hmm. I'm promoting it. To tr- you know. Yeah. So we'll announce the podcast a little later because I don't want to lose, because this is a unique thing to have you guys on at the same time because me and Brian were talking about this and to have you guys both run. I mean, so what's interesting to me is right here in Bavard, we have absolutely atrocious shit shows that are consistent atrocious shit shows. <laughs> and we have really excellently run statewide respected people traveling from Jacksonville and Tampa to come do them showcases, you right. know? So it's not, it's not the area. It's how the show is run. Mm-hmm. And what I want is, and again, this podcast is all about sharing information. Um, just in terms of whenever we, because like you said, we're all as we all go out, we're all representing the craft of stand up comedy yeah. and we're representing the public perception of what a comedy show is. So I think it's super important that anyone that's out here that's running a show at least have these sort of simple structure of like this is how you put on a decent show and have it to where it's not an embarrassment to the craft of stand up comedy. Right. Right. Um, so like Jimmy. When you started Moon Room, because I think Moon Room is fascinating because it's it's like Judge Show. It's to a point now where it has its own live audience to where, like, if you don't say, hey, everybody come out, you still get, you know, at least half the rooms full of people just from people knowing right. every Tuesday this is what they do. You know what I mean? There was one week where I didn't make a Facebook event just because I forgot. Yeah. And I was like, I had like a super insane week mm-hmm. hectic struggle fest so i didn't make a facebook event i mean i think i made a f- uh a post like the day of and <laughs> still like yeah like 40 people came out mm-hmm. it was throughout the night mm-hmm. but yeah people are just getting to know that it's tuesday mm-hmm. but um i'm at a point where i want less i don't like when too many people come because the audience too, you mean or i or like comics uh audience oh really well also comics too yeah but uh, <laughs> i know the comics are an issue <laughs> yeah yeah um it's a problem <laughs> yeah the comic i mean because people and it's funny because like when i was part of the old scene mm-hmm. you know the old melbourne scene. oh they really hated comics and audience members coming out yeah <laughs> they, and, they got it down to like three audience members and the melbourne <laughs> the <laughs> It was funny. I remember the end of Standard Collective, and it was like fucking, like a poorly attended AA meeting with the, the same kind of energy. Yep. Um, but there was like there was a coup. Oh yeah. Of Melbourne comics mm-hmm. getting upset at like Christian Moore and um, and whoever else, Paige Bazanza, mm-hmm. because they weren't booking local comics. Oh. But right. the local comics fucking sucked. 
stick. They I were can't so wait to bad. Tell this story. We're gonna Remember, deep like, dive into this. <laughs> so that was, and then it it was interrupted at an open mic. It was in the middle of an open mic, and this guy stands up and says, "We need to hold." Uh, <laughs> Chris oh, is getting us. I love this. this we need we greatest. need to talk about you're booking Orlando comics, and you're not booking Melbourne comics. But like the Melbourne comics. I mean, they were they were horrible, 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 and also did one open mic a week. They didn't yeah. go to like <laughs> Orlando. They weren't hustling. Like it's different with the Say by the Bell, the new class. Yeah, because <laughs> they're going to they're hustling. Yeah, and um, let me tell. I'm th- sure some are still upset at me. Let <laughs> me give this story the energy it deserves. All right. Okay, <laughs> so Judd, Brian, everyone listening. So we had that was at. Um, Standard Collective? Uh-huh, in the middle right? of an open mic. Yeah, so Standard <laughs> Collective is this really cool t-shirt shop in, like, downtown Yali Arts District, right? And the owner was super gracious. And the reason why I personally was really pissed off about that show in general was, so this is really cool, like, kind of punk rock t-shirt shop with all kinds of cool art hanging on the walls and stuff. And then there's, like, a back alleyway behind it that's Mm, that's fenced and private and it's connected directly to a bar that's next door so it's perfect people can go next door get a drink and and then come back around specifically only into the comedy is the only thing happening in that room so there'd be no reason to be distracted if you yeah no distraction because there's nothing else other than to sit down and watch so like the bar is the free comedy shows uh night like enemy because like there'll always be people at the bar that have no interest yeah. in the comedy sure. show. But so it was like, perfect. perfect. Exactly. Oh my God, I love that place. And the people who were running it, quite frankly, had zero respect for the opportunity, right? Because yeah. it was like, ah, oh, we're not quite feeling it today, so we're gonna cancel it. And ah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's not that many comics, so we don't really know, and all this other stuff, right? And the thing. What I, what I was so frustrated about was I was like, and it's funny because you, you came and jumped on the t-shirt thing immediately. I'm like, we're doing a show at a t-shirt shop. <laughs> Why do we not have a logo for what we're doing and have them print t-shirts? Because the other thing was, it was a free, it was an open mic, it was a free show. So the guy that owns this t-shirt shop was just, wasn't making any money off of it. He was just letting us do it there out of like the kindness of his heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you guys need to be grateful, treat this with the utmost respect, and try and figure out a way that we can make this guy some money mm-hmm. so that he doesn't feel like he's just getting treated like an asshole and these people are just coming in his place. Right. So this has been going on for a long time. This was towards the end of the tenure of Standard Collective. But at this time, Paige and Christian are two comics that um, were here. They're not. Paige is out of the country now, but Christian's not that active in comedy anymore. But they were running both Standard Collective and Open Mics at the time. Open Mics was our holy grail. Till this day, you guys are getting close, but Open Mics was just a magical... Um, It was magic. There was nowhere like Open Mics. Yeah. And also, like, you didn't know how good you were. Yeah. Because (laughs) you would do a show at Open Mics and you would absolutely crush... Yep. Um, if anything was in the form of a setup punchline. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember, like, I was doing standard and doing well standard, and then doing uh, open mics and just murdering <laughs> and murdering there. And then I remember my first Orlando open mic was at Other Bar. Oh, that's 
which other bars it's yeah. on shit show though because it's I mostly comics and comic people that don't give a shit oh, okay because yeah, i did like the five minutes that i was like most confident and just absolutely nothing yeah <laughs> except david jolly going <laughs> <laughs> so there's so there was this sort of group of comics right and again i our scene before was me eugene jimmy like the three good ones, right? And Paige was getting around doing some stuff, but other than that, everyone was terrible. Like, like shocking. Judd, like, I I still see some of these people pop up at our open mics occasionally, <laughs> and when I tell you that, like the you know ten new guys that we have, I mean blow them the fuck out of the water. Like it's not even yeah. close. And wow. they've been some of them been doing years. comedy for years. ten years, man. Years. Mm. And years. they're fucking horrible wow. so there were these two there were these two sort of groups there were the people who comedy is a hobby and we just want to come out on a thursday night and be cool because for a lot of people being a comic is something that anybody can do there's no barrier to entry so as long as you go up once a week and do an open mic you can technically tell all your friends you're a comedian and it becomes this interesting social thing oh come out i'm doing this gig blah 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 so there's that sort of group. And those kind of comics exist today, but in our area, it was... The problem in our area was those people had power at one point. So what was happening was you had these like hobby comics, and then there were people like, again, me and Jimmy. Me and Jimmy mostly were the one because Eugene was doing, is doing stuff, but he wasn't hungry about it. It was really me and Jimmy at the time that were like hungry about it. And this comic name was Alex, right? Or which one was it? Alex. Alex, right? He no, got, no, no, I won't no, say Zach. Zach, Zach. Alex Sorry, yeah, it's because there was yeah. Alex was the good one, and they were brothers. But they, I don't know what they're doing now. But Zach gets up during an the, again the open mic, gets on stage, and this is the arrogance that they had, and goes, "I would like to take my five minutes instead of telling jokes. I'm going to talk about some of the grievances that I have in our comedy community." <laughs> Jesus Christ! And proceeded <laughs> to take his five minutes. Uh, 45 minutes yeah and just talk about how you know this is our local scene and there's we got comics here they've been doing this for years and they aren't getting put on shows as much as these orlando comics and did people blah, stay blah, blah, for blah, blah, this blah. so and that's the other part <laughs> this this was this was towards yeah, the end <laughs> this was towards the end of the the, oh, the yeah. tenures of um standard collective so there might have been two people in the audience at that point mm. But again, the, the the arrogance to think that I am going to take the five minutes that I am owed to just drop a bomb in everybody's face. And disrupt, yeah. Yeah. Because I was there, Yeah, if you could believe it. Yeah. I, I got <laughs> you didn't in my say car, much. But yeah. <laughs> I got in my car and drove there because I wanted to do a set. <laughs> And work on jokes. This is what I mean. So Jimmy wants to like yeah. become a comic, That's and this is what's I happening. Want, yeah. All I wanted to do. So that night, so so it turned. This is how this is how this is how crazy it got. So Paige and Christian, who are the, again the two that are running the show, and and frankly at the time they were the only people running the scene. So they had a lot of responsibility at that time, and they they had just taken over open mics, and they're trying to keep that running, and all that, and it it went crazy. It was craziness, but. Now, this this is how bad it got. Paige and Christian are now on stage with the microphone. And there it became a like a town hall meeting. 
So the two bookers <laughs> that run the two main shows in our area are on stage with a microphone. And then com- the, like the complaining comics are like, well, I don't like this. Can you answer that? And other one's like, well, yeah, I don't like this. Fucking city council meeting. It, it, it literally yeah. turned into a yeah. city council meeting. They took t- turns talking, and I didn't give yeah. a flying fuck because I was getting booked. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. So that's what it came into. So I get up, and I, I love opportunities like this because <laughs> I, I just I, I see people not working, and I see people not putting in the effort, yeah. and they're the ones that are complaining. So when it was my five minutes, I got up on stage. And the other, the other thing I just didn't like was this is the guy, the main person complaining is a big ass dude, and Christian's a small guy and Paige is a woman. Mm-hmm. So the some of that like like sort of aggressive, angry energy, right. I was like, wait till it's my turn to stand on stage, and there's a yeah. six foot three hundred pound black man in front of you. I yeah. want to see you give me that same aggressive energy. Yeah. So I got on stage and I was like, what exactly is the problem? And again, it was the whole conversation. Well, you know, we've been doing this for years and the local people aren't being booked. And I was like, what do you mean the local people aren't being booked? I get booked. Jimmy gets booked. So yeah. what are you talking well, we're about? We were the ones that were working at it. We were the ones that were but working hard. The bottom line was that they wanted to do open mics. Yeah. Uh, coffee lounge because it was such a good room. Yep. That's and they all thought, they wanted was they wanted to do Thursdays at Standard and then they wanted to do open mics coffee lounge on the weekends and they felt entitled to do it they felt like yeah yeah, we're we're locals and we've been doing it longer than everybody so how come the people that have been doing it longer you know whatever and i was like and i I, again i i I love these moments so i was like sounds like they were talking about equity fuck that yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I mean like that's what it sounds this is what i said i was like you know what if if you really if if you feel like that you know what zach because my point was everyone who's funny (laughs) Jimmy was there. That's why it's like because I was like, everyone who's funny gets booked. Everyone complaining right now, you're not funny enough. If you were good, you'd be on that stage, right? Yeah. And I think they brought up something was brought up about how like the last time you were on stage, you're supposed to do 15. I think it was either 15 or 20. Oh my god! But he, did he like ended. Eight he did, yeah, he did like 10, he eight bon- minutes and he bailed. Shit for yeah. eight minutes. Oh. And it's now complaining that he's not on stage. So I get up and I said, all right, you know what we'll do? Why don't we do a show? But it will make it a contest show. At the at the at the end of the at the end of the mic, we'll do a contest. It'll be me and you, and we'll let the audience vote. Mm. I do fifteen minutes, you do fifteen minutes, and if they vote that you're better, I will give you that you should be on the show. But if not, you need to stop complaining. And this was when I was <laughs> not funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is when I was like a year and a half in. Mm-hmm. A year and a half in. Yeah. Right. And this is somebody who's been doing comedy. I think at that point, he probably been doing like six years or something like that at oh, that yeah. point. And I was that confident that he is so far beneath my yeah. skill level to, to give him that challenge. And then all he did when I gave him that challenge, he was like, you're just an arrogant asshole. Yeah. And like, stop talking. Yeah, that's and it's, so that's the level of our scene at, at that stage was a disaster. Wow. God, I mean, that, you know, that, that certainly... That doesn't bode well on so many different levels. Like, you know, I mean, not only, yeah, you're going to get booked on a show if you're funny, but you're also got to be somebody that other comedians want to hang out with, too. Yeah. You know, if you're like the person complaining all the time or or, or doing some sensational shit like that, like, that's mm-hmm. just absurd. Why would anybody want to hang out with you? Yeah. You know, if you're, your jokes aren't there and your uh, shit personality. To hang out with. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just complaining about it. You know, everyone's got their shit. Like, goddamn, you know. Yeah. His wife was cool. Yeah, his wife was really cool. Yeah. She did comedy too. Yeah. She used to, oh, but 
But yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it was it was just him. He's not fun to be around. So I don't want to pivot too hard, but I know Jimmy's got to get out of here at some point okay. soon. So, so big announcement. You guys take it away. Oh yes. Well, uh, me and Jimmy and Scott King Hooker. King Hooker. We got to call him King Hooker. King Hooker. <laughs> um, we are starting a open mic podcast called Unapology Comedy on April seventeenth, Monday. It's a sign in, sign up, drop your name in the bucket. Uh, between seven and seven forty-five. Show starts at eight, and it's a podcast. And we're going to have it on all podcast platforms. We're going to shoot video. We have uh, multiple cameras in there and put it out on YouTube and Rumble for all the hillbillies, you know, <laughs> do all that shit. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, I feel Rumble, like... Sorry, Rumble for all the hillbillies. Yeah, all hillbillies, so you can watch it too. <laughs> well, oddly enough, they're like the best uh, audiences nowadays, yeah. which is really weird how that's changed. But, um, but you know, I've, I always think about podcasts and like, you know, I, I came up with one that was just myself when I was still in New York, just like telling stories. Mm-hmm. And it was really for myself to kind of document stuff that had happened and I wanted to have. That's the dude cast. You know, podcast. I finally started doing that, but then I got bored with myself after like four episodes. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, that's always been in the back of my mind to do something like that. And it's, it's based, it's the, it's the similar formula to kill Tony. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is such a great formula, not only for entertainment and chaos and all that shit, but it's great for comedians, I think, too, because, you know, each comedian will, you know, if they do well, they'll have it on video, be on a podcast and, you know, we'll bring them back and we're going to do it every single week. And I just I've always and I don't even listen to Kill Tony all the time, but I totally respect the format. I think mm-hmm. the format is really, really good. And having when I was talking with Jimmy. I brought brought it up to him and was asking like if he thought that there were a good amount of new comedians in the area to sustain that and he right. was like oh yeah for sure yeah. for sure and so I was like all right and so you know I uh talked to Scott King Hooker King Hooker mm-hmm. uh, I talked to him and you know I love Scott Scott's done well on the show and he's mm-hmm. a you know white guy with tattoos on his arms and a fucking ukulele that's interesting <laughs> you know and he's a, and he's a and he's a little bit hood, and I mean that yeah. in the best regards. Like yeah. you know, he's got an edge to him that I like. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, that's the three of us are going to start that April seventeenth. We're going to put it out on uh, like the following week. So uh, April twenty fourth will be the first one that we put out. Awesome. And um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, It'll same. be. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, mm-hmm. chaos filled. Chaos, <laughs> and then I think the big thing is. Um, there's motivation for comics to come out because mm-hmm. I mean, v- just video alone. Yeah, is because that room is great. And it, yeah, that's killer. the other thing. It's great for video recordings, and, and so then, yeah. yeah. And then me, me and Judd both like, but I mean, I've booked people just but from seeing them once. Yeah, and like it's funny. Like someone can go on once and be uh, they're already funnier than half the people in town that have been doing it for like months yeah. and months. <laughs> So it's like a, it's a good place to like a lot of people that want to go on judge show. Mm-hmm. It's a good place to show. Oh shit! What? You should be on. You should be on shows. And I think. Yeah. Sorry, what do you mean? I scared you. Yeah, I was like, well, 
I like was uh, talking about people in general, not just people. you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if we see them, you know, both yeah. of us have shows. So if we see somebody on the open mic. Oh, because he looked me straight in my eyes and was like, you should be I on shows. That, I was like, that was, that I was like a serious like, delivery that you <laughs> like had You should there. do comedy. Like Jimmy thinks I'm a real loser. Yeah. Like, he's like, you should be I doing shows. I was waiting shows. for you to respond. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Here he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened recently. But yeah, we both have shows. So, I mean, you know, we can... Somebody does well on the show, we can give them a guest spot on mm-hmm. one of our shows or something like that. Um, but I'm, it's open to anybody who's ever wanted to try comedy. I already got some regular folks who've come to the show a lot who are like, "Oh, I'd Wanna like try. to try." <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, put your name in the bucket. You know, yeah. but I, we get a lot of that too from people who are like, uh, it, "Oh, can you recommend an open mic?" And I always send them to Jimmy, yeah. you know, and um, or to his spot on Sunday. Yeah, thanks but, a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 I'm sure there's been a few of them. Yeah, but you know, what I think it's it's so genius because I'm I'm excited about. I say this every episode. I'm such a cornball, but I'm excited about our scene in that it's not just one person. Because for a long while, like kind of Duncan was running everything like by himself, you know. Yeah. And now Duncan's running his rooms. Judd's got your rooms. Jimmy's got his rooms. So now there's... And, and then, then Muggsy's. Yeah, Muggsy's. And, um, so that's yeah. kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. because like, um, it's like, no, don't just wait to try to get on some of the shows that are already happening. Yeah. Like, create your own shows. Yeah, and... There's so many places. And what's cool is once, once somebody... So before it was like, hey, I want to try comedy what do I do? And it's like, Oh, there's this one spot with this one person and this one, there's really not that there's not, there's only so far you can go in this environment. And I think now, I mean, with you guys having this podcast, that's going to sort of funnel in people who've never even tried comedy off the street to come and try it. And if they get bit by that bug, we have this whole system now that it's like, Hey, you come and join this. We've got our Facebook page that Brian and his wife are running. We've got a whole slew of shows going on. You have a whole system and now a supportive community of people that are all together trying to really take this seriously and get good at it. We have an engine now that we can now start to bring people into this system. And I think we've already, again, we already have a better crew than we've had in a very long time. And yeah. I think it's now going to grow. Someone literally said to me the other day, because I was, I was, it was somebody from out of town. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, they've, they've done a bunch of shows over here with us. And I was like, how does our scene compare to like other areas and stuff like that? And they said, it doesn't really matter what it looks like now. It matters what the next class looks like. Because if you have a good enough scene, then the people that come in after you will also be good. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that makes that makes sense to me. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, I, cause we have, we, I mean, like I said, we have, excluding the, you guys and Eugene and stuff like that, like people that have been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. We have, we have like 10 new comics that have been doing it, you know, yeah. just a little less than I have. Mm-hmm. And like, we, I mean, we all hit the ground running so hard. And now it's just like it's it's building and building and building to the point where like at Muggsy's last week I was hosting. We had two people from the audience that were like, I want to give it a shot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. and, and and to be fair, one of them came up and actually did 
fucking really good. And then I yeah. ran out after him like, hey, man, come come back. <laughs> you know, like, like come, yeah. don't let this be a one-off. Like, come back. Let's, well, there's plenty of room for you. You know what yeah. I mean? Because sometimes it's daunting, like, you know, when you go into a new area, it gets clicky and, you know, mm-hmm. certain, and, like, we try to be as open as we can with, with new people coming in. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, pa- Paige, or Sage Prussell is a, a good example. She's... Sage Bazanza. Yeah. <laughs> Sage. <laughs> she, she's new to our scene. Yeah. She's, you know, started, like, a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and she, she came in strong, hit the ground running, and, like, I mean, she's 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 one of the one of the guys now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, not really, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. she's she's one of us, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. it just took her a few weeks of like mm-hmm. getting confidence on stage, and I mean, she's done Moon Room and all, yeah, I like her. Other. She was actually she was legit when I I was writing shitty names for everybody, mm-hmm. and I didn't write one for her because I was like, I don't know this person. I don't I don't fuck with people until I know them well enough to be yeah. confident that I'm not insulting them. Mm-hmm. And she was insulted by the fact that I didn't fuck with her, and I was like, okay, so she's like, she's legitimately yeah. a comic, like she's a comics comic. She thinks that way. What you said, I think, is real important about like the people. What's like the next class of people going to be in any particular scene? And if you have people who are, you know, good comedians already who are in, a, you know, kind of established in the scene, you know, it's it's they're not necessarily expected to help the next people carry on the torch. But the ones who do are the ones who are doing it right. You know what I mean? And they and those are very valuable assets to a scene because, you know, like when I started in Houston and there was a handful of comedians who, you know, would who were established, mm-hmm. who were headlining, who still ran an open mic and mm-hmm. who still had to showcase something locally and all that and learning from them who learned from other people, especially in Houston, like mm-hmm. in the. 80s and 90s was like comedy mecca. I mm-hmm. mean, I, everyone was coming through Houston. Oh, for sure. But I mean, every major headliner was coming through Houston. And so all those comedians learned from them and, you know, went out on the road with them and all that stuff. That's very important. And, and part of the reason why I wanted to do something else, because like you're talking about the comedians who are like, we're not getting on these shows, right? <laughs> you know, that's a little fucking absurd to go about it like that. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, most of the comedians I book are from this area or Orlando. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I get some from, you know, like I said, Jacksonville, Tampa, Fort Lauderdale. Um, but most of them are here or Orlando. And, um, you know, I was like, I, something else. I got, and, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do another show or, or, or what. And I was like, well, why not do that? Like this, you know, the new show on Apology Comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just, again, I love the format. I, I love that it's just set up for you know potential chaos and it's improv you know it's yeah. crowd work it, it you know because we're not you know the three of us aren't going to have a script on it we just yeah. kind of go with you know go with the flow and i want to make it pretty i mean it'd probably be like an hour and a half mm-hmm. like at the most mm-hmm. hour and a half i mean we'll see how it goes how many people show up and this and that and i'm not even i'm hoping more comedians show up and just like want to be a part of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the, especially at the beginning because i'm not really pushing it audience wise yeah i mean for audience members it's just five bucks mm-hmm. if you're a comedian it's free if, if you drop your name in the bucket and you know so if it's an audience of initially that's comedian heavy i'm i'm fine with that mm-hmm. like you know until you get the format together until we you... get it, yeah and and the three of us this is the first show that we've done together me and jimmy and scott so We've got to start to gel and, and mm-hmm. you know, do all that. And um, I don't know. I just think it's if, if it comes off the way that I think it will and, you know, Jimmy thinks it will, too. I, I think it 
I think it's going to be a real good asset to kind of fit in with what you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, like for a scene in general. And again, yeah, I mean, we're going to put it online, we're, you yeah. know, and you know, for good or for bad, we're going to do it. And, you know, podcast wise, video wise, all that. So, so follow Unapology Comedy on everything, yeah. uh, all social media, YouTube, Rumble even. I think we got the Rumble thing figured yeah. out. Or and I, speaking of Rumble, this is like a weird, two weird things. I think Rumble, I think everyone needs to start not not stopping anything else, but adding Rumble to their I list. I completely agree. I don't because know what Rumble is. So it really it really is it's the it's it really I mean, I is Hillbilly it is Facebook. Now. Well it's, but it's it, it's basically it's the I don't even know if this is accurate uncensored. to say but more un, uncensored, but where more of the conservative people tend to go. Now I don't know how accurate that is. That's the impression that I get. Yeah. But really what it comes down to is that they're not taking your videos down for shit. I mean, if you're fucking threatening somebody, yeah. or, you know, that's different, you know. But YouTube has become such a weird thing where so many people don't yep. even know why they got something kicked off. Yep. You know, they may not. They may do something where they're not, you know, cursing or something, but then they still get it taken off maybe because of something they talked about. Mm-hmm. Well, that ain't happening on Rumble, at least not yet. Yeah. So especially now, I think... You know, like I said, we're going to have it on YouTube and Rumble. And the reason is because of what I just said. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes up there and s- s- fucking talking about the vaccine, I don't know. Yeah. And somebody, a uh, YouTube fucking minder yeah. sees it. You know, I think especially since we're starting out, it's good to have it on both because hopefully we won't lose anything. Yeah. If, yeah. if oh, they were Canadian. to take it down. Is it Canadian? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, are you serious? Rumble's Canadian? Um, well, we're fucked. Well, we're totally fucked. It's totally headquartered fucked. in Toronto. Oh, wow. Ontario. But Jeez. at least, because I think, I think what's happening, and this is a whole bigger, interesting conversation, but I think where society's going is, and I, I don't know where people get all, I don't know where people get this from, where they're like, you know, all these comics are complaining about how society's getting more sensitive and it, sh- it shouldn't affect you. And I'm like, mm, no, actually, the business end of stand-up comedy is going to be affected drastically the more this gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So, I mean, I think comics for... It's such a weird thing because so many comics are liberal just as as people, right? But the world of being able to speak your mind at this particular point in our the way society ebbs and flows, it's kind of conservatives that are you know supporting your ability to speak freely right, right? it's literally flipped just well, within more, the last eight more years. liberals yeah. get in trouble i mean liberals are yeah. getting in trouble because of other liberals going exactly after them yelling at them for which is a, what they say yeah which is, it's strange i think yeah. not right? good which is even yeah which is even more reason why because like it's like talking about like you know major comedy clubs too i have my own mm-hmm. thoughts on that you know in 2023 mm-hmm. but you have your own podcast we're starting mm-hmm. this podcast um i've got that show on thursday that i put clips up all the time mm-hmm. so people can see oh that guy's uh getting laughs that's good it only helps the show and it only helps me yeah. that's what it is nowadays yeah. like you know because you can get on with a club and mm-hmm. maybe you get on to the series of clubs because you're, yeah. you know that yeah that can still happen but it's what you do for yourself nowadays. I, I, that's the impression that I get. I mm-hmm. mean, it really, <clears throat> the person who I first really thought about that with, and I'm not necessarily, I mean, I really don't watch this comedy, but Andrew Schultz mm-hmm. started doing a lot of online stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm looking at that. And I asked a couple older comedians in New York about, about that. 
and they both were like people that I respected and, and they were both like dude's got the right idea yeah. like he's creating that there you got to have the jokes yeah if you know to, when you do the shows but if you're doing this to get yeah. audience and, and attention yes. toward you and your brand that's fine get it yeah. up on whatever you're doing mm -hmm. but you know as long as you have those jokes ready to go that's a tremendous asset that getting a weekend at a major comedy club what does that do yeah you know well, the i mean the mechanism shifted yeah you know, yeah Yo, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like a whole different thing now. And to take it even farther, what I think is gonna, and this is a this is a whole podcast in of itself. But the so you guys all know Joe Rogan just opened his um, yeah. yeah the Mothership yeah, Comedy so Club, cool. right? Like yeah. Awesome. But what I think is really interesting uh, about that, in terms of comics protecting the art form, I think long and Dave Chappelle now bought I think one of the comedy clubs in Ohio near where he lives. Um, I've read that. I don't you know know for sure because um, I haven't heard anything about it since I read that so I don't know but this idea of rich famous comedians opening their own comedy clubs because number one a comedy club is not a very expensive business to start yeah. Yeah. right um, number two in terms of protecting the art form and your right to say anything right to me it's like yes we have all these franchise comedy clubs all over the country and, it, and it's great and they're important right but as this gets weirder and weirder in what's allowed to be said and what's not allowed to be said and what's jokes and what's not jokes and, you know, people have their phone out and they record you saying something and all of these sort of things, right? I think the concept of Joe Rogan owning a club, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Louis C.K., Bill Burr, like every, if every rich comedian who can afford to do it open their own club, all of a sudden now there's an entire circuit of like you call it your show an unsafe space mm -hmm. where you are the entire energy here it is it is for comedians by comedians you can come in here and you can get off whatever it is you need right be warned yeah yeah that and that's the energy of what this is because to me the way i see where i see the culture going that's the only way yeah the true art form of comedy is going to be able to be bulletproof and yeah. that society's not going to be able to take it down is if the clubs are owned by comedians. Yeah, you know no, that 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 is a good point because I I thought then I hear something that he's essentially breaking even on the club because he's paying so well. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like I, I heard something about that and I'm like genius. Joe Rogan? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, well, right, but yeah. but it's just a as long as it's paying for itself. I mean, just think of that. Like everything's paid for. You paid all your mm -hmm. staff. All the bills are paid, and you're paying comedians from what some people are saying is a crazy good amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he doesn't need that to be profitable. He needs it to break even. Yeah. <laughs> and then just show up there when he wants. I mean, yeah. that's a perfect, a perfect scenario. He he also rigged rigged it for his benefit. Like he he pulled people from all the clubs that he liked. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like uh, Eric Erlacher, his best friend, grew up with the bar manager of the the mothership. Right, she's mm -hmm. she. I think she's from here, mm -hmm. and she was the the uh, bar, the bar manager for the comedy store for fifteen years. Oh yeah. And then he said during COVID, like when everything shut down, he was like, "Hey, move to Austin. I'll buy you a place. I'll pay you until the club opens, and then once it opens, you're the you're the bar manager." Nice. So mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like he cherry picked the right people. Wow. So he he set that himself up, and she, he he paid her salary for two years. Wow. You know, <laughs> until the club opened. I mean, that's crazy. That and the genius thing of it is it allows those 
big comics. Like I'm such a psycho. I've already picked out the building in Miami that I want to buy <laughs> when like <laughs> like when I blow up <laughs> to right. make my because the other genius part is when you want to work out your next special, you own a club. You go for the next month. Yeah. I'm doing a residency in my own club that I own three shows a night and I'm going to get this material laid out to perfection in my own place that I can control the environment. But it's perfect for them. Let me uh sure. let me get the other side mm-hmm. that when you are getting ready to record a special, mm-hmm. you want to go on tour a little bit because you want to mm-hmm. find out what the temperature is on your jokes in different cities mm-hmm. because you want your jokes to hit uh, with as many demographics as possible. But here's the only thing about that, though, that I think will be interesting. I think those clubs, because this is where I think Florida is so unique. I think Florida is unique because we actually run into a lot of tourists. So without leaving where we are, we're performing in front of people from all over the world. Very good point. Like and I think, yeah. Like and I think if you are, like, so say Joe Rogan's club, right? Yes, it's in, where is it? It's in Austin, Austin, right? Like, yes, people from Austin are going to go there, but that club in particular is also going to be a tourist attraction. Oh, for sure. And comedy fans from all over the country are going to walk into that place. Com- and I, comedians, too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah like absolutely. We're, we're losing Cam and Anthony Papali yeah. like in the next three months. Oh, they're moving? Anthony's moving to Austin. For comedy? For comedy. Yeah, he's getting out of the military, and he's moving to Austin in October. That's interesting. Cam, Cam's literally moving there in like a week. Well, you know that's 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 a weird move, man. I the reason I think that's it's a not weird move. The reason I think it's not a weird move now is that there's so much going on in Austin now, comedy wise. I mean, Rogan's Club is just one. There's so yeah. many oh, yeah. comedy yeah. options now, and so many comedians moved there that I I believe Austin is is becoming the place you move to when you're good mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. to go get good because mm-hmm. there's yeah. going to be a lot of comedians there who are good mm-hmm. so it's kind of taking the place of LA and New York in that respect I mean LA and New York still have their you know their things but as far as quality of comedy you don't go to Austin really I think to the, you, your bet your best bet is to show up with an act at but this point the, but here, I, gotta, I, I have a weird I think and a following yeah but this is my this is the argument I had with Brian a couple podcasts ago. I don't I think that's weird cuz like to me to me you don't move for stand-up comedy. You move for the entertainment industry, right? So maybe because so many comics are in Austin, Austin will become a place where industry people go to look for comics maybe. But the entertainment industry doesn't live there. To me, Atlanta's a far better move than I, and I don't Austin. Know, I really don't know much about Atlanta, Atlanta comedy. But when you have that level of comedians who are known, established, who are living in a particular place, mm-hmm. that changes everything. That, yeah. that The tentacles go out to everything else. And that's why, I mean, it's from what I understand, it's becoming the multiple shows a night yeah multiple showcases a night 
you can, you know, like in New York, you can, it's great to get on the subway and hit a bunch of spots, mm-hmm. you know, any given night. Well, now in Austin, you can walk around a certain area and you've got that. And yeah. maybe drive, take one drive up north and you got a whole other group up there. I think it's mm-hmm. really changing to that degree. And as far as industry goes, I, I kind of agree with you, but I, I think just we're in 2023. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're funny and you've got clips, I don't really don't think it matters. People are going to be looking at Austin mm-hmm. for, I mean, they're always looking at that for music. They're going to be looking at it for comedy now. Mm-hmm. And I think, and plus it's a pretty nice place to live if you have money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the thing. But that, but see, that's the issue. That's yeah, my I gotta, issue. I have to yeah. jump out um, what do you, to get to a meeting. What's your plugs? I know uh, you got. Tuesday at, uh, at Moon Room and then on Apology Comedy starting Monday the 17th. And then um, I think that's, oh, the 21st is the next uh, Beachside. Oh, awesome. But nice. Yeah, thanks, guys. See right, you, Jamie. Take awesome. it easy, man. Catch yeah. up with you. Yeah. Uh, Brian's taking the mic. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's mine. <laughs> but I, I would actually suggest to any comedian who, but who did you say Cam is moving there? Cam and P- Anthony Papali. You know, Cam See, is what? Go ahead. I think Atlanta's such a better move for Cam. I just can't speak to it. I don't know. Why? Well, uh, uh, here's the thing. Okay, Ike Rafferty, who mm-hmm. uh, who who got on Kill Tony early in his comedy mm-hmm. career. I think he was like three months in. He got mm-hmm. he went to Austin or maybe L.A. I don't know where it was mm-hmm. at the time. Austin probably uh, got on there. Had such a good good set on Kill Tony that like when the Kill Tony guys would come or come to Florida, like he opens up for them, mm-hmm. right? And nice. so he has an in with them, right? Mm-hmm. And he brought Cam there last week mm-hmm. to Austin, and Cam did seven sets all over Austin and murdered all over Austin mm-hmm. to the point where now he has a set at the Mothership already mm-hmm. lined up, and he's got a job at the East Austin Comedy Club. Oh, well, that's different. So that's okay, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He's set. He yeah. went there set for yeah. one week, set himself up so good within that one week that mm-hmm. they're like, "Come back, you yeah. know, and we'll give you these opportunities." Yeah. So I, I kind of okay, get it. That's different. Papali's okay. doing it because he feels like he's ready. Yeah, and he is. Papali's. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's. And he, what I he, will say also is, I think the perspective is. I also got to realize my perspective is different. Yeah, because you're stationary. Um, yeah, I'm stationary. You know, and these are like well, Papali, I don't know, but Cam is I mean, young and has like no responsibilities. He can just go wherever, yeah, and go yeah. do that. Um, yeah. I, I think just, I think it's I think see I look at it as it's good for us too. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. like you got to branch that network out. I just think I just think Cam is perfect for television, and I think that he, I think a place like Atlanta would put him very quickly in position to be on television which will then blow his comedy career well, is that what he wants that's to do the, I don't know if that's, that's what the problem I don't do. know if Cam is like TV but, well I you mean, know like maybe no I, Cam is like not to not to be weird but Cam's a very handsome looking kid yeah and he's young and he's en- high energy and he just would in, in he's that, memorable yeah, yeah and in that in that Atlanta sort of Tyler Perry Studios culture yeah. he would i think he would blow up quickly yeah. yeah but i mean again in austin same thing i just think that it's a different like austin is stand-up heavy right now right atlanta is because because the, the reason the reason i guess the reason only reason why i'm against the so the austin thing and i should maybe stop being a hater is because the reason why people mo- nobody moved anywhere for stand-up people moved to new york and la for the entertainment industry mm-hmm. so to move somewhere to for stand-up is a new thing. I think the culture shift in that and, way. And 
Maybe so. Well, and, I, and, and for me personally, like I'd only I moved to New York for stand up mm-hmm. because I'd only done it for like not even three years mm-hmm. in Houston mm-hmm. and wasn't married, no kids, and I'm like, well, all right, I've saved up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna move to New York, see what happens up there. Um, so I went really just for stand up uh, because I thought, hey, it's gonna be cool to say that I'm doing comedy in New York if mm-hmm. I can do comedy in New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, each, each year was better than the one before it, and so I, but I had a, I had an act going there. Like if 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 it called on me to do twenty or thirty, mm-hmm. I had it. I mean, you know, could do longer, but I'm stronger. It was stronger with the twenty or yeah. thirty, <laughs> you know, at the time. Um, and, and that helped. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was doing it kind of clean, mm-hmm. but edgy, you know, yeah. like topic-wise and shit. Um, and so that, I got on a lot of shows because of that. And, um, but yeah, I, me personally, I went there just for stand-up. I, I mean, I did fucking background work on television shows just for extra cash. I mean, yeah. That was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as for the... Indi- all, the all the Civil War movies. You're not far off. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, in, he's pri- in Roots. Like, no, no. no. <laughs> right. No, you're not far off. It was prison guard, <laughs> immigration official, police officer. Exactly. Uh, it was all that stuff. Like, I, I, I got a pretty decent amount of background things because of that. You just play the bad, the bad guy in every BET yeah. like, movie. I had a, what was the oh fuck what was the show it was um oh my god okay here we go let's not try to make this too drawn out big strong black dude who had his own show he was like a superhero and then he had a show on C- CBS oh man uh god what was he in Terry Crews no 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 no, no, no. He's a superhero Jesus I'm That's totally like. blanking on the Michael Jai White no no, no this guy he's like a martial artist le- started with an L something on Netflix maybe oh. L Black dude, he was like a tough oh, guy. Oh, Idris Elba? No, no, no. But you're getting close. Like, <laughs> you're yeah. narrowing it down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, um, here, I, I can, I can find it right here. Um, something about L. Um, God. Damn, I'm gonna feel stupid if he I think tells me an, before I get it. I think it was an L. L. Um, oh shit! What is it? Okay, yeah, let's see. Um, I mean, I'm really good with movies. Okay, stuff. it yeah. was the show Evil. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, the, um, his name's. Uh, oh shit. He yeah, played, you're right. He was. He, he, he wasn't a superhero, but he was the black guy in Harlem who like Mike Coulson. No, Coulson. No, 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 no. It's something like that. But he couldn't. He couldn't be like killed or no. something. No, he was. Oh, uh, Spawn. No, no, no. no, no. Oh, it was on. It was the Marvel TV shows on Netflix, uh, and okay. he was. Uh, uh, oh, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah, that's Luke it. Cage. Yeah, Luke yeah, Cage. Okay. Luke Cage. I keep my black card. I got yeah. it first. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> no, that dude had a. Was on a show called Evil on CBS, and it was like a supernatural crime thing or whatever yeah. and i got booked to be an uh, immigration officer on that <laughs> and um and that dude that is big like yeah. I, I was in the room with him and um so i had a scene where it was the most I've been, i was on tv like you mm-hmm. can still see it and you can tell i mean i'm shaved but yeah. you could tell like oh it's like straight up me <laughs> and um it's like there's an asian woman who's in prison immigration and she's like <laughs> had some supernatural shit and so i have to come in and like you know guide her out of there or whatever and somebody, some old school dude who worked on background stuff who I'd met, there's a lot of characters on the yeah. shit. I mean, it's it's very interesting. He told me, he goes, hey, man, if you ever think of, you know, something like maybe uh, you think of a line for something, he goes, it doesn't hurt to throw it out there to the yeah. producer or somebody. Mm-hmm. All they're going to do is tell you no, if they, you yeah. know, like whatever. And I always kept that in my mind. And because then you get a television credit. Yeah. Like my name's not on any of this shit because I was the background guy, right? Yeah. But you could, um, yeah, so I remember him saying that. 
and for the scene i had to walk up and i'm in the cameras right there i had to walk up and then tap her on the shoulder and kind of motion like let's go time's mm -hmm. up right so i would use that opportunity and so i asked the producer i said hey i, I thought of maybe a line right there and he's mm -hmm. like what do you mean i said well what if i just walk up and you know they want me to tap her like that and kind of serious looking like mm -hmm. let's go I say how about if i walk up there and just say all right time's up mm -hmm. that's it just, all right time's up yeah. And he's like, hmm, okay. He goes, hey, stay over there. And then he went to go talk to the producer and yeah. all these people like this and that. And so they had me do the line, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, oh, shit, it's happening. Oh, shit, it's I happening. was like, I was like, oh, my God, this is great, right? And then they took my information and everything, and I, I, I said the line. I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, it worked. Then they called me back like two weeks later. They had to reshoot another scene that mm -hmm. I was in, yeah. and they needed me to come back to do that, right? And um, so I showed up to do that. And um, and I'm like, you know, it wasn't the same scene. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is great. And they know me. And I'm yeah. getting treated a little better, too. Yeah. You know, like all this cool shit. And uh, did that scene, whatever, it's finished. And that same producer, he says, hey, Judd. He goes, listen, sorry, we had to cut that out. Yeah. Like cut out the, my yeah, one yeah. line yeah. in the show. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, man. I was like, are you sure? It was a good delivery, dude. Like, come on, man. But that would have been like my one line where they actually would have had to put my name yeah. on the fucking credits, you know? Yeah. Well, as, as a guy who's been in two movies and been cut out of both of them, I understand. Oh, have you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. That's mm -hmm. hilarious. Yeah. I had, yeah, I did uh, like Billions. I did a bunch of episodes of Billions. Ah, oh, Dance Outer. I did, um, let's see, what, uh, Madam Secretary. I did quite a few of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was always like a, like a FBI or something. Oh, God, I got to like look that. at that now. Do you know what yeah. episode you're, I love Madam Secretary, I, I, so it's got to be. There was one when she's campaigning and they stop at a, um, it was actually a church, but they made it out to be like a, a little fair, a little festival with mm -hmm. rides. And her tour bus, or her, her tour campaign bus, pulls, bus yeah. pulls up, and you can see me just barely at one point. <laughs> you know when you're when I when they, when they when they go action or the background action, and yeah. then you start walking, and then the actors yeah. do their shit, so you can see me a little bit there. But um, yeah, funny. there was all sorts of. But the best one was that evil because yeah. I mean you see me clear as day yeah. to where even friends from back home were like, "Oh shit, dude, yeah, I dude. saw you on the shit." You know. By the way, yeah. I said his name was Mike Colson. His yeah. name is Mike Coulter. Oh, okay. I want to give give a yeah. the proper <laughs> his, shout out. I was close. Brian <laughs> wants his credit for being the movie expert. I was I was pretty close there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what would you? So I'm thinking about. So what I like about your Space Coast comedy thing is that it's it's a brand. What I meant to say to Jimmy while I was here, I was like, I think he should also be building a brand so that he can take his audience wherever he wants to go because he really is building an audience with that thing at moon room yeah, yeah. and beachside so, retro friday nights yeah, i yeah. mean he was like he had one this past saturday for uh uh, uh april 1st april mm -hmm. fool's day or whatever yeah. he wasn't even on the show yeah. he wasn't even there yeah. you know what i mean he just mm -hmm. set it up yeah and it i mean especially because like if he got a bunch of pug merch yeah it, it's so cool it, it's perfect for yeah. like like t-shirts with the comedy pug and all that other yeah. stuff you like know, a uh, like a I, I envision it as a pug speaking into a microphone exactly you know what I mean? like, something yeah, like yeah, that exactly you know? so it'd be perfect um but so my my vision is and i talked about this last time i'm gonna be in the next six months or a little more than that probably uh, i'm gonna be buying this van that i'm gonna wrap um for when i because I'm, I'm now starting a headline so i'm starting yeah. to travel out so I'm going to wrap it with my album plus this podcast. Because what I want to do is I want to start bringing comics from the podcast on the road with me to, to feature, do guest spots, host, whatever. Nice. Yeah. You know? And my vision is to have the Funny Style Tour, which is when I'm going out doing shows with comics from the podcast. Yeah, That'll be the Funny Style Tour. 
Um, we have the Funny Style Podcast. And then I want to do, at some point, once I find the right venue, I want to do an actual showcase where it'll be, I just want to do on Friday because of the alliteration, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Funny Style Fridays yeah. would be a showcase somewhere. So I want to build this whole network network and brand you know, based yeah. on me and our local sort of comics that I know and want to work with. That's a great idea. You know? Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. I've, you know, I, for this new show that we're doing, you know, I really, like the success of it to me would be like the three of us could go to Tampa and sell yep. some tickets. Exactly. And then maybe work from there at something else. Like mm-hmm. I would really, that would be a thrill for me if we could get it to that point. And the same thing, like you're saying, maybe we get some people who are just really good on the show and mm-hmm. they could do that, too. That's what I hope it becomes mm-hmm. like. I mean, that's the selfish part that yeah. says, you know, I hope it gets to that point. But to, the best chance to get to that point. Same thing with Space Coast. Produce. Do a good show. Yeah. It's got to be a good show. Yeah. If I have a comedian come up and they're taking a dump, yeah. got to move it along. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's yeah. got to be a good show that people are going to want to listen to. Mm-hmm. People are going to want to watch. And I think it's a good, especially timing now, number of comedians, new comedians who are here. Like, I'm, I'm hoping that's what it becomes. And I'm, I mean, I got my head down with it, man. I'm, you mm-hmm. know, investing some money into it. Got the, all the cameras and shit. No. Trying to figure that shit out myself. That's yeah, why I was asking you about the audio, yeah. whatever, because I bought a soundboard <laughs> uh, mixer and recorder. And I've no. been fucking with that and actually testing it at my show on Thursday just to check levels and, you mm-hmm. know, do all that. And um, I think I've got it kind of dialed in what it needs to be. But I, it's got to be good, a good recording. Because, yeah. you know, if it's a shit recording, no one's going to listen to it. And then, like, the video aspect of it, too. Like, I've got to get that right. Multiple mm-hmm. shots. Also, multiple yeah. shots, you yeah. know, got to edit that. But it's got to be, and I think, I was talking to JP. And mm-hmm. You had money, right? Yeah. But about some of this stuff. And, you know, one of the like, kind of obvious things that he said that I didn't even think about is like, it's got to be nice to look at. It's yeah. got to be something that people are going to want to click on yeah. and not just like, Oh, a crazy cover or whatever the mm-hmm. like, thumbnail. thumbnail. I mean, not yeah. just that, but it's got to be produced. Well, the audio, it's quality, audio the quality, video quality, the angles, know, all yeah. of that. Like it's got to sound good on a video, a video too. But you, you taking clips from it, Mm-hmm. And putting that through your social media, through yeah. you know, the same way you're doing your blind line stuff, that yeah. is gonna Space Coast comedy. I'm sorry, dude. Space Coast so comedy. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Jesus, I, I, I promise I'm not trying to be an asshole. You've been on the fucking show. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, dude. Hey, you <laughs> called it that too, dude. <laughs> it's your fucking show. I think I said it too. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, but yeah. but you using that as commercials to draw people in, on, like YouTube Shorts and things like that. Yeah. That's that's gonna be killer. Are, who are you? Do you have somebody that you already have editing it and everything like? I mean, I, I know it's uh, well, not. Me and the lady, okay, she, yeah. she's yeah. Um, You're diving in. She's she's really good at it, and um, yeah. So, and I'm you know learning some about that because she 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 does the clips for the show, mm-hmm. the Thursday show, uh, Space Coast Comedy. Yeah, and um, <laughs> you know, but again, like you're saying, the the point of those clips is I want people to watch that and say. Oh, those people are having fun. Yeah, I got to see yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. That, that's those people are having a good time there because yep. that's an advertisement for the show, advertisement for me, advertisement for you know comedian. If we put a clip up of them, you know whatever, and I, that, that's the same objective with the new show because I, you know, especially again, the format is just awesome because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, well, that's and, what I know. was going to say too. Like you were talking about people bombing. Yeah, I've seen five hundred something episodes of Kill Tony. I literally went to one in L.A. Oh, in yeah. twenty sixteen years ago, and 
part of that show is like they like watching people bomb. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's you, get, you get it yeah. both sides. They yeah. like watching people succeed, but they also There's really no bad like, moment because it's all funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all funny. Yeah. And really what it boils down to is like when somebody bombs, it's the host or the guy, you know, the, yeah. the, the people on stage making fun of that shit or yeah. whatever that right. makes it, you know, I mean, it just makes it so good. You know somebody's about to get lit up. Yeah. <laughs> you and, know? You know, and, I, and I think me and, and Scott and Jimmy are going to be good at doing that perfect but it's also not just you know if there's a joke there and i think that there's something to it i'm gonna say it because yeah. i mean again that's part of the reason for the show is it's good for comics yes so i don't you know if some comedian goes up there and has you know three jokes and two of them are shit and mm -hmm. the one of them's got something to it uh no i'm gonna comment about the ones that are shit don't, yeah, get, yeah. don't get me wrong but if there's something or a tag or something i can think of or any of them think of we're going to give that yeah. because mm -hmm. we want them to get better because mm -hmm. that's only going to help comedy. Yeah. Only yeah. help comedy around here. I'm know? super excited for you to see some of the newer guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, you know, cause like you, uh, you you come out of your Cocoa Beach <laughs> area rarely out of his yeah. dungeon. Yeah, out of, out of, out of, right. I, I almost said layer, but I felt like that's not a two layers more. Accurate, yeah. <laughs> right. But you come out of that infrequently, and so like I'm excited for you to see some of this new batch of people that are are definitely like on their way to being. Yeah, good, no, it's gonna know? be great, and you know I'll have, you know we'll eventually have guests on you know because uh, that, that's a good variable to throw in there yeah i wanted at first for us to kind of congeal as a group first and because you know there's little things that you know i mean i obsess about shit a lot of times but you know there's a lot to like our timing mm -hmm. and not talking over each other and things like that to, to for the flow of the show we learned a lot about that here yeah know? yeah and what and who works and yeah what yeah. There, there's a thing there's a thing to that so you know and not stepping not stepping on each other's jokes or or something like that so we're gonna have to figure out the timing of it but again that's gonna be part of it i mean you know right. we're not i mean we've got together once in the room last week and i kind of set it up how i wanted to set up so they could see it and mm -hmm. you know what it is and we kind of check the audio and all that and so we got a good idea. Okay, what it's going to be, and who's going to be where, and mm -hmm. you know, like it's not a huge stage. Yeah, you but know? It, it's big enough to where you guys it can works. Set, set up a yeah. nice little table and be right next to the comics. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's 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 going to be, and if I can get the camera angles right, mm -hmm. which is a little bit of an issue because I don't want to take away from any seating. Yes, mm -hmm. and so I have to keep that in mind. Um, but we'll, we're going to feel it out, you know, yeah. and I I, I think it's going to. It's going to look good. Mm. I mean, I'm going to get some signs. Like, if you remember, on the back wall, it's, uh, you know, the brick, but then yeah. there's, like, that black kind of construction paper mm -hmm. with the gold around yeah. it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think we're going to get some signs that we're going to fit in there, mm -hmm. in that wall that where you push them in, and one of them will be Space Coast Comedy, and the other one's Unapology Comedy. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that'll bring some color yeah, you're to the stage there, and it's good to have yeah, and the, the branding name is just up really there. Smart. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I think it's going to look good, and I and I, I think I, I mean I see it a certain way, and I and I think it's going to I think it's going to work, but we it's got to be a good show, it's got to flow, yeah. well, it can't be a stinker. I like you know? that you're putting it behind them, you know, yeah. because uh, one of the things I've noticed with people that post clips from Space Coast Comedy Showcase is that they because you always have that sign on stage yeah. and they they crop it right you know what i mean so now if it's yeah. behind them like and, and i honestly i i can't say that i wouldn't do that yeah yeah i, yeah. I don't because well, uh, it causes a tight you yeah, know your i don't folks. really get so worried about that i mean there's some comedians who when they use the clip 
they'll they'll still tag us in yeah it, you know which is cool um but and, you know it's funny because a lot of comedians are using the clips from that show a yeah. lot a lot mm -hmm. of them are you know and um but yeah i don't really worry about that so much but for this new show especially like i want anybody watching it to see the name of it yep regardless you know so i think putting it in that you know, sign behind the comedians i think is going to look pretty good but um yeah, man, it's going to be fun. I mean, there's there's some nervousness to it because it's a new thing and it's uncharted. Yeah, at mm -hmm. least for us, you know. But it's I, I I like the same reason I like hosting. It's fucking just take them cold and make it hot. You know. But I'm I'm so excited about it because, again, I I I think for the for the completeness of our comedy scene, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like, so let's say everybody's stuff is working, right? So then we have the unapologetic comedy unapology comedy unapology comedy right. right where somebody who's new who's never done stand-up before can put their name in the bucket and they go up on stage and they're like oh well that was kind of okay but you know but i i want to continue this like mm -hmm. this is something i want to do yeah right and what our scene didn't have was there was a very low ceiling in our scene before you know there wasn't there's only a, like one or two mics to go do mm -hmm. And, you know, there's not that many actual working, traveling comics in our scene, right? So what I think is just a kind of a beautiful vision is if they do an apology comedy and they're like, oh, I actually like this. I want to like, I want to really do this. Then there's boom, we can hand them off to Brian and the crew yeah. <laughs> who's running mics, you know, all over Brevard County. Yeah. And then they continue to grow and get better and better and better. And now they do the Moon Room Showcase. Yeah. And then they do the Moon Room Showcase and prove themselves. Now they can go do Blind Lion. They can go and host Gregory's. And if I'm with my little bus situation on the road, then yeah. they prove themselves doing that. Then they can come on the road with me and actually go out and meet, you know, comedy clubs all over the Southeast and start to feature regularly on those clubs. There's an actual there's an actual system Mechanism that you can there. come and from being your very first time on stage. Yeah. To a nationally touring comic within our system our that we built, and, and this is, and, and I agree, this is one of the things that Jimmy and I talked about, because you know, again, I don't know a lot of the newer comedians who are out, but you know, there are a lot of shows going on now, and it's only growing. I feel like there's still a renaissance going on in comedy in general, but yeah. definitely in Florida, and. I think the, the the tools are there for to do what you're talking about. That's what he and I were discussing before. Like, well, it's cre yeah, it's creating it's, a roadmap yeah, for yeah. new people. Yeah. You know, yep. so it's 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 nice in that before because like when I first started, I literally posted in the. I, I say this a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's always calling me out. I posted in the Space Coast comedy scene page or mm -hmm. group that that Chris Chris has, and I was like, "Hey, is where's the open mics?" You know. And nothing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it took me going to local shows and meeting people to go. Okay, this is where I need to start. This is, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And then I, I happen to just luck out and go on to the first Beachside Retro mic, yeah. you know. And so that's what I, that's what I think is important with our, with like, like I was saying earlier, with like the next generation is like we're in a, we're in a group right now where we've sort of figured it out, 
as far as like what we can do, when we can do it, where mm-hmm. the stage time is for new people, like that kind of stuff. So when we have a new person come in, it's immediately like, hey, you can come here on this night, here on this night, here on this night, mm-hmm. and and you know give them the opportunity without having to get them on a showcase or whatever. Because when I first started, it was like for somebody like me that was like brand new, it was uh, uh, Beachside Retro was the only place for me. Right. You know, luckily I, I had a couple of good sets right off the bat, and Jimmy brought me into uh, Pineapples. Mm-hmm. But it was if he if I just would have went up and eaten shit for two weeks and and not got on pineapples it would have just been like i'm just doing this one open mic every single fucking week and that's all i got so it's a hobby you know especially for a guy like me who's got wife and kids i can't i can't travel out constantly you know like i my wife would kill me if i was going to orlando and daytona every fucking night you know what i mean so i feel like it's just been nice building this up for like the last six or seven months and actually creating a, a scene as opposed to just going Going out and joining others, yeah. you know what I mean. Right. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's only good for Brevard County. And and having a theme show is something we don't have. Yeah. We have a ton of showcases and open mics and all that kind of stuff, but there's no theme shows. So yeah. you guys starting that is is it's it's like it's like the last puzzle piece. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I really feel that way, man. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. It's going to be uh, interesting to say the least. Yeah. You know what else I just realized? What? I have to apologize to Cam and Papali. Why? Because also what I've been sitting here thinking also is anytime you can get in on the ground level of something, yeah, it's you have the most opportunity for a return on investment. Yep. And I think Austin is blowing, is in the process of becoming Building. one of those places. And if they get in ground level, yeah, then 10 years from now, they'll be the guys in a major city yeah. that is... A hub for comedy. Austin's had a comedy, a good comedy scene for a while, but now it's a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. and not just because of Rogan. I mean, because of him and a lot of comedians who moved there. But there's so many places to do comedy. I mean, literally, the Creek in the Cave left New York, left New York, and went to Austin and (laughs) opened up a club there. You know what I'm saying? They they saw the writing on the wall. You know, Mm -hmm. so. And the, I mean, the Vulcan is there now. I mean, there's, yeah. there, I mean, there, they, even comedy clubs shut down right before the boom. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're they're starting to open back up. You know yeah. what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I I think it's it's good for them, mm-hmm. but also for for guys like us, man, yeah, so knowing somebody in that there, scene yeah. where, because like I said, like you're building a roadmap, they're gonna build that roadmap and be able to tell you like you, the, this place will put you up, this place, this place, this place, or if you're good enough, like I'll give you a recommendation for this place, this place, this place, yeah. and so then you. You're you're they're cutting out a little bit of the hard work of like you getting there and For trying sure. to just figure shit out, you know. Careful who you recommend. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. a reason. I, the there's a reason yeah. I almost never recommend anyone because <laughs> yeah. because yeah. uh, man, if you recommend somebody and they bomb, oh, no, I, I, feel I, so. I recommended this Brian kid to Judd one time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know we had to give refunds. Oh though. my yeah. god. Yeah, you, 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 I, I was touching on a little earlier but I was more nervous to do your show than any other show that I've done. Like even now to this day, I've done some, some good shows that show. It fucked with me for some reason, man. (laughs) It got in my head. Even though I feel like I had like a good solid, like six, seven minutes right up front where I was doing well. And then I just kind of like, 
my it got in my head for some reason. Like I was like that. It, it, Clammed up. I, I decided I was like, I'm never gonna have this happen again. I'm just gonna make sure that whatever I'm doing is as tight as I can possibly make it. Yeah. And then and that's why I texted you that you know what I texted you because like I don't want to get passed over for your show, but at the same time I don't want to tell you that I have this or that and not actually have it. Well, you no, know? that's that's what I was saying. I mean that that is a good move, and I said that not to give you a compliment because I don't want to give you a compliment. Yeah, no, sure. no, 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 no. But just like for any comedians who are listening as like that was a really good 101 thing yeah you're honest about it yeah like you know it you know it's a cool show to be on it's fun to be on gets a good video and all that yeah but you also know like if you're gonna say oh yeah i got this amount of time and then okay you know book you for that and then you don't do it yeah well i mean that's you know potentially affecting the whole show yep and that's the, that's yep. the issue yeah. i mean it's not like i mean i I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily even take it personally. I know that, that that sounds weird. It's not like I take it personally, but I I look at it like if somebody doesn't do like the right amount of time, I'm like, why the fuck aren't you as into this show as I am? Yeah. Like we got something to accomplish here. Yeah. Like this, you know, everyone's got a certain amount of time, and like, why would you know? And and it it you're not the only one, dude. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, this is and it happened uh, recently too, and you know, I most of the time whether I have uh, four people doing 15 minutes or two 15s and a 30 whoever are the last people or the last person they're usually the ones who can do longer if i need them to yeah do yeah mm-hmm. you know and yeah. i set that up by design because you know something could happen with the uh the uh girls at the bar uh yeah. printing the tickets and yeah. something could be delayed there you know yeah. something like that and um so that helps because i just you know so when they get it to an hour and a half, that's it. Usually start five minutes after, like seven, start at 7.35. I do like maybe 20 at the most at the yep. front. And, you know, just want to get it to at least 9.05, 9, 9.10. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's always and the I goal. And I think, and since we, we like to give advice on this podcast to new comics, new comics, if you're listening, this is a point. Like, do not lie about how much time you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because one thing that you've done really well, Brian, is that honesty the judge talking about? Yeah. You don't put yourself in a position to fuck over the booker. Yeah. Because that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. It's it's better if you... Because I've seen some comics do this. It's better if you say you're going to do 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. To go up there and bomb for 15 minutes than it is for you to go up there and kill for seven and walk off. Right. Yeah. Because now you've reset the entire show and you've built a reputation with a booker that this guy's a liar. Mm-hmm. And now I can't yeah. I can't risk because he he fucked my whole lineup and the timing and everything. Yeah. Right? But if you're bombing that long, I'm probably getting you off before 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm probably like, all right, that's a wrap. Yeah. That's okay. But at least but at least he knows you're professional <laughs> enough to fill the time that you promised you were going to fill and yeah. he told you to get yeah. off. But if you just walk off and leave the hosts and Booker standing there like an asshole like, "Hey, dude, yeah. It, yeah. You just screwed me." You know? And a, and a, and a comedy club is going to be a lot less forgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On oh, something like clubs that. are you know you're like you won't work there for years after that yeah well they that, have a that was the other issue with me is like uh i think i did your show i was like three or four months in or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. and uh and like my you know i i was doing open mic material you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i mean i was it's not 
that it was written for open mics. It's just like when you do when you do almost nothing but open mics, you're starting to tailor your material to get laughs at those places. Whereas like it's not necessarily like universal material. Well, the, your your stuff that I liked when I saw you at the open mic, that kind of some edgy shit is what I was looking for you to do, and you did those. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are you know, the well, jokes that I, I really so, like. So that's yeah. the line that I'm I'm trying to ride, is yeah. like being still keeping the edginess in there, but making it where like a 65-year-old guy is not going to be like, fuck this guy, you know? Well, but I also have a theory on that, uh, you know, and I think I said something at the show the other night about this, that it dawned on me, I think we might have talked about it before, Chris, that, you know, I remember, like, when I was younger, like, my grandparents, you know, my white-haired grandparents, like, you couldn't say certain things around them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were also religious and, you know, all that, but that was a different time. Mm -hmm. The white hairs now came up (laughs) with Richard Pryor and George Carlin. Right. And I said that on stage the other night at the end of the show when I was doing the raffle shit. I said that. And all these fucking white hairs were, like, applauding when I said it. They were (laughs) like, yes, exactly. And, I mean, it's... When I first started the show, when I first got down here, I'm like, yeah, okay, he's some white hairs in the air. That's weird. Mm-hmm. At a comedy club, that stands out yeah. a lot, you know. But seeing him there, I'm like, well, I guess that's what it is. We'll see how it goes. They've always been our consistent good laughers. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's been great. We had a, there was a 92 year old. Fu- <laughs> I, I fucked with him one night. You know, I was like, oh, fuck. Did, did he stay awake through the whole show? He stayed awake the whole show. <laughs> stayed awake the whole show, and he, he said something. I, I I just I don't know. I was talking to his family, and then I said something to him, and then he just blurted out. He goes. He said, uh, I got a dirty mouth, too. And I was like, well, keep it to yourself, old man. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. I was like, I'm surprised you made it up the fucking stairs. Like, we're doing something here, man. You know, That is a hell of a staircase for it a 90-something-year-old man. And it's funny because you'll see some people. There's, It's like one of my go-to hosting throw-out jokes at the beginning because there's always at least one person who's laboring up that last flight. And it's like, I'll say something about, like, yeah, some of y'all could look like you could have used a chairlift. You know, like, but I'm glad y'all are here, that kind of shit. Because there's always at least one that yeah. you'll see. And they're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, to end up to the final step, you know. But, uh, but yeah, man, I the but back to what we're t- you're talking about, advice. There's mm-hmm. a couple things I was going to say. One, uh, if you're looking to get on a show i don't care if it's a local uh showcase that it's free free show for people to go to or it's a major comedy club if you're inquiring send a clip mm-hmm. and yeah. the inquire <laughs> yeah like don't say what do i need to do yeah no. and don't send a message just assuming that whoever you're sending a message to knows your shit mm-hmm. yeah. because most of the time they don't like if you're not a name or somebody who's got sh- shit blowing up Nobody's going to know that. So that is one thing. If you're going to inquire to somebody, always send a clip. And I always say, I, I always say 10 to 15 minute clip because not, you know, not everybody can get that all the time or a mm-hmm. current one of those. But if you're getting, if you have a 10 to 15 minute clip, that tells me personally, you know, if it's, it's good, they're like, oh, that tells me they're serious yeah. and that they could do the job. Cause mm-hmm. if, you know, at the very least, if they've got a good 10 to 15 minute clip, they could do a 15 minute spot, yeah. you know, and that, and then all everything's answered. That's how I've booked the mm. vast majority of people is just like that. Now, granted, I may not watch the whole thing yeah, and yeah. I might fast forward through some of it, but I'm looking for laughs and if they're a good comedian, all the, all that that entails. But I, th- I, I would say always send a clip, like yeah. just always do that. And if you're going, you know, 
be somebody who people like to hang out with. You don't have to be the fucking life of the party, but don't get in the way. Don't be a problem. Don't mm-hmm. complain. No. I haven't had really had to deal with that, but that's, you know, kind of one-on-one stuff. I, I, I should have, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I should make a list of things that come up mm-hmm. that re- or something that reminds me of something that somebody told me when I started or something as just like a maybe 10 things to like, hey, you know, keep keep these in mind. But that's, these are like, like a couple examples. You, you should hand that out to comics, new comics. Like so. Funny enough, actually, um, I don't know if it's still on his website. I got to check with him. But Devin Siebold used to have on his website an actual template for mm. you to just like input your name, mm-hmm. how much time you have, where you're from, all that other stuff. Because it's literally, because I mean, sort of what Judd was saying is don't say what do I need to do because it it lets them know that you don't you're not a working comic right you know what I mean you're not somebody who's had yeah. the experience of being out there working so like when I when I send something it's always like hey my name is Christopher Robinson I'm a comedian from Melbourne Florida I'm interested in working your club here are my credits here are some references here is a 15 minute clip and here's a link to my hour-long album if you would like to hear my entire hour active material yeah, and then I have I sent headshots with it, um, my email address and my phone number, and my email address is Chris Robinson II Comedy because I'm the second yeah, you're at gmail dot com. Yeah. It's not you know Big Booty Hose one two three at <laughs> Yahoo dot com. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, but you're 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 not leaving any room for questions, which is good. Yeah, that's that's a very comprehensive way to do that. Now, you know, I mean, you know, you've been doing a while, you've got, you know, you're headlining all that shit. So yeah, Yeah. headshots and all this, but even just for my little show, just the basics, if you're like, you know, think about like when you receive an email, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think back to like my previous life working in the maritime industry and I'd get emails from all over the world. You see a long fucking email. I just want to kill myself. (laughs) Like think about how you would want to receive an email and send that one. Cut to the point. I don't need a big old introduction. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm a comedian, blah, blah, or so-and-so recommended I reach out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done this, this, this. Uh, here's a 10 to 15-minute clip. Mm-hmm. And then maybe say uh, I've got some availability in uh, this month, this month, this month. Love to do the show. Like, mm-hmm. I see that message. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch that video. Yeah. Like, that's it. And the contact information. But, yeah. I mean, even just, you know, obviously you have their email address, but any, like, social media. I don't give a fuck about social media stuff either, mm-hmm. at least for my show. Like, I... I don't really care about that as far as any comedians established social media. I'm looking for a good set. You yeah. know, that's so it. now that you're, sh- I mean, your, your show is a success, man. So like, are you, are you now having like your email just inundated with comics? I get a lot of messages. Yeah. Um, and, uh, a lot of, uh, crappy comedy clips. <laughs> I, 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 I get that. And, you know, and some of them I want to go back sometimes and be like, Hey, you know, you got a couple good jokes in here, but just kind of like, don't send this clip. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, not it doesn't affect me in my life yeah. personally, but don't send that to something that, you know, like a club. Yeah. Or yeah. don't, you know, where you want a guest spot at a club, don't send that clip. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, shaky. Uh, it, you know, it can be on your phone. Phones work great. Yeah. But yeah. fucking get a tripod. You know, don't have oh, your buddy filming I? it to, you know. And that's your one you're sending to try to get on a show. You know? An yeah. agent sent me. This is again when I when I was very new. Mm-hmm. An agent sent me one an email where it was like you know, because again, as you know, I send my shit out to anybody. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, all yeah. over the place. Yeah, I, I, it might have been someone from like CAA or United, <laughs> like one of the big agencies, who responded was like, "Hey, uh, 
first of all, not interested. Second of all, <laughs> uh, you probably shouldn't be sending out a clip where you say fuck like eight times in the clip, mm. right? And I was like, at first I was annoyed, but, and the reason, the only reason why I was sending that specific one was because it was from the Orlando Improv. Mm-hmm. So it just, it visually, it's like, oh, this guy's working the improv. Yeah. But it was, when I go back, I hate that clip now, going back and watching it. Cause I'm, when I'm nervous, I curse more. Yeah. I curse a lot more when I'm nervous. And that was my first time on the improv stage. And I was like, fuck, 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 mm. fuck, the whole time I was on stage. Yeah. So now I actually send out the funny, not famous clip. Which is cool because it's TV quality, but it's also TV clean. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing that comics like when you're sending out clips to clubs. Number one, they don't want to see your crowd work clips that you make for Instagram. They don't give a yeah. shit. Yeah, they want to see 15 minutes of material, polished, like you're working comic. What and you I know do. Yeah. exactly. And I know again the popular thing now is everybody's making these crowd work clips for social media but understand when you're sending it to a booker that's, they don't they don't care about that. Yeah. You know, they need to know that if I have you do 15 cuz think about it, if you're doing crowd work you could have a 5 minute clip of crowd work that's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. But if those same people aren't sitting in front of you that night and you don't have anything for the people sitting in front of you? Yeah. You you being good at crowd work doesn't mean shit. Bro, the I on my Instagram I have yeah. uh I don't know maybe 10 or 12 clips of me doing stand up. Yeah. The the clips that I uploaded that are crowd work yeah. of me like just fucking with the audience and and killing, you yeah. know what I mean? Nothing, dude. I mean, really? it's weird, dude. Yeah. Like the the couple of I mean, I don't have like a huge Instagram following mm-hmm. either, but like the couple of clips I have that are like in the thousands of views mm-hmm. and stuff like that are all just jokes. Material, yeah. Just, just yeah. jokes that I well, put because out crowd there. work is like you got to be in the room kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Know? And that's the problem is like you're not looking at the person that you're making fun of or whatever. You yeah. Know? So like when you're posting it, if you don't have a snapshot of them, then it, it does it. Yeah, kind of dies. What, yeah. What the I think three of the better videos that I've put up recently. Well, one of them is at the Palm Beach Improv mm-hmm. when I was down there. I did a joke and I just called it Trump balloons. Mm-hmm. Oh Trump, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trump y- balloons. Yeah. yeah. And I, it, it was just a lucky joke. I thought of like the day, a couple days before. Yeah. And the premise is don't tell me that this happened during Trump's presidency. Cause mm-hmm. he would have not passed up. This uh, the Trump balloons. <laughs> you know, like, you know, yeah. you know, I have some jokes about that and that got a lot of views and a lot of comments. Yeah. Just because of the topic. Yeah. If you listen to it, it's not a yay or nay yeah. political wise. Yeah. It's just an observing like not the television guy. The television yeah. <laughs> guy would not have passed this up. Yeah. You know? And that was the joke. So that got a, got a lot of views, but it got a lot of people commenting mm-hmm. and a lot of people not happy that just the <laughs> subject was Trump, yeah. brought up. And then I have one that keeps popping up like every five days will be a bunch of people watched it and liked it. It was a crowd work thing with two girls who were from the University of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. right? And then I was just the back and forth there, and the point was she's just rambling on, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh. And then at the end, when she stops talking, I ask the audience if anybody's a concealed carry holder to, just, <laughs> to shoot me in the head, right? And that gets a lot of views. And I wonder, is it like younger people who like it because yeah. it's the talking about college, yeah. or is it all these rednecks who are like, yeah, fucking concealed, concealed carry, carry, you know? Like I don't know what it is, but those two like have. Oh, and then I did one about a guy 
I called him a, a audience member who came to a bunch of shows who uh, paid in Bitcoin, and I busted <laughs> oh. his balls uh, about that. And then so he kept coming to our shows, so I called him Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin and, and his name is Peter, so I called him Bitcoin Peter. So I had a couple of things with him, and those got a lot of views, I guess because it was Bitcoin <laughs> or whatever. But, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to any of that at all. Yeah. yeah. We're at two hours. I guess we should yeah, wrap, wrap this it up. thing up. Yeah, oh, Jen's wow. still got to drive home. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, this a, is this one episode, or are you breaking this up? It's one. One yeah, episode. I'm doing. Nice. I realize, so I, the thing is that I, I'm excited about this podcast just because I think we've as I meet new comics, mm-hmm. the new comics that I meet actually listen to this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, I kind of. A little bit of responsibility. There. It's like, bit. yeah, I got to actually yeah. <laughs> pay attention. Yeah. I, I, I probably see it more than you do. Yeah. Because I go out to open mics all over. You know, if I go up to Daytona or Orlando or whatever, like I have people that come up to me yeah. at those. I'm like, oh, we listen to this. We mm-hmm. li-, you know, I'm like, holy shit. Like it's. But what I realized is my, my fear of this podcast, I got to a point where I was like, well, you know. I'm making something that is so granular y- yes. that it is only going to be interesting to stand-up comics. If you're not a stand-up comic or an obsessed comedy fan, those mm-hmm. are the only two people that are going to give a shit about what we're talking about. But what I realized is is I'm not doing this to make money. You know, I'm not doing this to get famous. If I if we do this podcast and provide enough value to other comics out there, hopefully I develop a good name and a reputation for somebody that's professional, somebody that you can learn something from and somebody who's willing to learn and is asking questions that are providing value to the community of comedians out there in the world. You but want you so, want to make it a good podcast and useful to the 25 people who are listening. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I also but it's true it's true. No, you're you right. Know? Yeah, yeah. No, and that, sure. and I and I hope that when when you bring value you want to bring value to it. That's how I see this new exactly. podcast too. I want to bring value to comedians but yeah. also to anybody who wants to listen to it. Yep. It's got to be entertaining. I want yeah. it to have value. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. That's a thing. But I also feel like it's not necessarily a niche market because mm-hmm. the number of people that are doing open mic comedy and above it's it's way, it's a lot it's, of, it's way more than it used to be yeah thousands yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i would i would argue there's probably over a hundred thousand yeah. or more comics mm-hmm. in the united states that are like at, at your level or below you yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so i think I, I think that you i mean nowadays you don't need like millions and millions and millions yeah. of people watching something to even make a little bit of money off mm-hmm. it you know like i mean it's the the times are, the times are a changing, and I think <laughs> what'll also be very interesting, and what I my long term vision for this is why I'm never going to stop doing it, is that I think ten years from now, right? So let's say I'm because that's what I'm doing. I'm inviting all these comics on, all these comics, plus plus the headliners to do those interviews and all that kind of stuff. But let's say ten years from now, Jimmy is like some famous comic, right? Well, you can come back and listen to this and hear early Jimmy yeah. building his career, mm-hmm. you know, and then hopefully someday I become a huge famous comic and you can listen to early Chris and his visions of, all right, I want to buy this van and I want to do this and I want to, you know, start, you know, another show over here and you can actually see it. I think to, to sort of catalog that mm-hmm. yeah. over the course of all of our careers is going to be very interesting in the future. You know, one of the things that got, that I was, when I first started doing stand up and then c- could have had some jokes that were doing something, mm-hmm. you know, and then recorded the first time and, you know, got a little better and then uh, did a better recording or got on a show 
that had a recording being done and yeah. I had clips from that and it sounds fucking corny but the fact that like if I put a video up on YouTube like it's all that video is going to be out in the world forever yeah yep. and and that I, I don't know I when I again at the very beginning I felt real proud mm-hmm. that I had something that I could put <laughs> out there that down the line you know people see this old fucker and he talks about comedy and they can look it up and like mm-hmm. oh shit there's something there that was funny mm-hmm. you know 20 years ago 30 years or whatever so i don't know I've, I've always liked that that aspect of you know having something there that's always going to be there mm-hmm. or someone wants to look something up boom it's there so yeah same yeah. thing you're talking about yeah and i have i'm oh, sorry were you uh, gonna, no go ahead. well i was gonna i also have this weird and i gotta we gotta stop because i'll just keep talking all night <laughs> but um, I also had this idea of once I get to the point where I'm doing like specials, mm-hmm. right? What I thought would also be really cool is you know how you write a first joke and you tell it for the very first time, right? I thought it would be cool to record myself every time I tell like if I'm at an open mic and I'm doing such and such a joke for the very first time, to record the first time I tell that joke, and then when the special comes out, I sell NFTs of the very first time I sold that joke. So it's like the special comes out and the specials 10 bucks to watch. And for an additional, you know, 25 bucks, you get this limited edition collectors NFT and you're the only person in the world who gets to see the very first time this joke was told. How do you deliver that? I, I'm not really. I know of NFTs, but yeah. I'm not, hey, how, I'm do you, you. how do you how do you how do you deliver that as a video uh, or a clip or something? I, just, I, I have to learn. It would it would have it, to it would have to. You be don't even know that. You're, you're just saying words. No, it would no, have, no, no, no. So the, no, you could, cause I looked I looked into <laughs> it, and you can do NFT videos. There would, are it would, NFT. It videos. would have to be a situation where like if they buy that from the website or whatever, yeah, they're the only person that has. Yeah, you you sent and and then it would have to be like a random like they don't get to pick their joke you're yeah. gonna send them if there's 25 jokes you're mm. gonna get one of the 25 jokes yeah. and then you pick which one and send that like with the link and you, you know yeah. what that reminds me of what, what you're describing like uh, the joke first doing the joke and then having mm. it like when it's done uh it made me think of um uh, fade to black jay-z's documentary mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah 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 wasn't that the coolest shit yes when he's like hearing those studio, beats for the, the first, first time, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then starts mumbling and shit that yeah. was fucking amazing dude yeah. like just to see it, that's how that shit happens yeah just mumbling about it and just or whatever or or like how he they'd play uh i forget what that one guy's name was like it's a, he's a famous guy who does mm-hmm. beats a uh, stocky guy was wearing he was when he, he he was wearing like a big white shirt and he's dancing around like trying to sell it to yeah, him, yeah. you know. But he um, he's he, he, a Timberland. Timberland. It might have been, been Timberland. Might have been him. Might have been Timberland. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Boy, you're as white as me, and you yeah. pulled that hey, one pulled out. That that's one awesome, out. dude. <laughs> Shit, that's impressive. I grew up on hip hop. I, I think I think I think it was him. Yeah, and but like you see Jay Z kind of like listening to some others, and he's not into it, not into it. And then that one hits, and, and he's he like pops his head up, you know. And I think it was the one. Not what what's the song? Uh, Dirt on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's, the, that's 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 the one was. I remember because the the producer guy yeah. was dancing, and if you remember, he did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. just what the beat. Yeah, and you see Jay Z looking at him. Yeah. while he dusts and off his becomes, shoulder, and then yeah. he made that into a. I don't know. I thought that was shit was no, cool as shit. Amazing. Man. That's why the yeah. that, so so that's the the excitement of this came also from that. Did you get a chance? And I, I'm always I'm gonna get myself in trouble because I'm always defending. I'm a I'm a huge Kanye oh, West God. fan. Jesus okay, right? yeah. we're doing this. So, again. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> 
But if you have you seen that documentary that they did yes, on him? Yes, I did. It's uh, t- to have people with video cameras follow you from before you're anybody. Amazing. And have all that footage. Yeah. Like all the, it's insane. Yeah. That was uh, you know, I, I mean I'm not. I mean I like Kanye West music. I do. I, I mean I'm certainly not a specialist. Not like Brian over here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but you know, seeing that how that. Deve- he he is a genius. So, yeah, I mean, for and, sure. and musically and yeah. like you know, and he's a fucking lunatic. Yeah, he's a lunatic. he's a nut. He's that's and it uh, helps you understand his behavior. It's yeah. like oh, he's it's people go like money changes you. No, know, it, it it exacerbates who you are. Right, and it's like he's been wild. Yeah, from he, the beginning, he's got, he's got things going on. Yeah, but he's also heard you're great for the last 15 yeah, yeah, years yeah. you know what i mean and that's it's a tough tough thing to not let that sit in the jews know? aren't saying that that's anymore <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny about that also is and then again we gotta end this but what's funny about that too is it's not only that like he's heard you're great he's come up with wacky ass ideas and has pulled them all off yeah. and it's like how do you tell a guy he's wrong when he said the craziest, like, I'm going to be the biggest f- person in fashion yeah. and then went and fucking did it and was like, uh, I'm going to go be the biggest rapper in the world and then did it. I'm going to marry Kim Kardashian and knock her up five times and then went and di- it's like, yeah. how do you tell that guy, hey, dude, you're you're wrong right now and you need to because everything he's ever thought of. He also became the richest black man. Of man all yeah, time. And, and, and yeah. yeah and, of well, all time. well, no, no. In, in the history of America. OK. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So Dude, how do you how do you tell that guy anything? Because in his mind, everything he comes up with, yeah, everybody disagrees until I do it. Yeah. So yeah. when he was like, "I'm gonna curse out the Jews," everybody was like, "I don't." He's Whoa. like, "No, no, no, watch, watch me pull this off." Like I pull off everything else, and this is the first thing he tried yeah. that did not go to plan. Tyler, say he got Tyler that Adidas screeched. Deal back. Yeah, he got he did he got that <laughs> yeah. Adidas deal, which is which is hilarious because he was like, "What did he say?" He said, "I could be anti-Semitic and Adidas won't get rid of me." Yeah. And yeah. they tried. They did. And it blew up in their face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, that but I mean, for someone like him, that's just a like a nose to the grindstone thing. Yeah. Like he, no one can probably was able to ever say, "Oh, you shouldn't do that." To where he listened to it, yeah, for good or for bad. Yep. And you know, it's, it's a little bad now. Yeah. But I mean, for a whole career that he's like, "This is what I'm going to do," and succeeded in it. I mean, that is just astounding. Yeah. Like astounding. My, my favorite part of the documentary is when he's in the Def Jam office. And he just bursts in the door. And there's a bunch of people defending those people in the room. And I'm sure they're great people. But he's literally walking into people's offices playing, like, what is it? College Dropout or mm-hmm. which one? Is the, I think the first one's College Dropout. Mm-hmm. But he's playing it. And they're like, yeah, 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 we know. You're working on this album, whatever, whatever, whatever. And to watch these people just be so dismissive of what ended up being one of the greatest albums in the history of hip-hop music. Yeah. And like, oh, okay. So even if you are one of the best to ever do something, you you can't and you're and you're in the room with the people from the industry, even they won't sit. You can't believe anybody but yeah. yourself. He had a belief, well, you man. See, you see yeah. it in comedy all the time, man. Yeah. Like how many how many times have you seen somebody you know is a murderer yeah. go into a room and just eat dicks yeah. for fucking 10, 15 <laughs> right. minutes? You know what I mean? You know they're fucking good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. just sometimes they're just people aren't receptive or whatever. They don't like the look or the first thing that they uttered or whatever. And then they're stumbled shuts on off. the first word. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. 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 So 
What do you got, Brian? Um, Jimmy Jimmy uh, texted me and asked me to promote his show because he forgot to say it. Uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy is at the Improv on April thirteenth. Uh, sh- Orlando's best, right? Or- Orlando, yeah, or best of Orlando, best of Orlando show at the Improv on April. Which 13th. I wish he'd have said something because I'd have yelled at him for being on the best of Orlando show, but that's fine. Bro, it's, I mean, J- Jimmy considers I know, himself I know. an Orlando comic, I know. So. I know. <laughs> which is fine. It's I fine. I mean, it's, it's fine. You know, no salt. Whatever. You know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> he lives in Brevard County, but it's yeah, all good. It's fine. Uh, that show starts at seven thirty. Tickets are on sale online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, I don't have a ton this month. I got a little bit. They don't invite me to that kind of stuff because they don't want me to make Orlando look bad. Yeah, I'm hosting Moon Room tomorrow night, and I'm on it next Thursday. Uh, shoot, what else do I got? Uh, Milk District on April 13th also, and then that's it for now. I'll be back on here before that. Nice. Um uh, Every Thursday at the Blind Lion, I'm only going to say it once. At the, uh, yeah, uh, every Thursday, Space Coast Comedy Showcase. Uh, you can get tickets at spacecoastcomedy.com. Um, got a great lineup this week. We got Austin Kleeman. We got, uh, let's see, let me get Austin Kleeman, Morgan, uh, Morgan Gallo, and Donald Evans. Yeah, I'm really Florida's looking funniest. forward to that. Florida's funniest. I wonder how he does. He like when people introduce him as Florida's funniest because he, he has won. To. There's no he way won he Florida's funniest. But there is an argument to be made. Like you get, it's like when somebody says, "All right, next comedian is the greatest comedian yeah. ever." <laughs> You're gonna love him. You know, like there's got. I'm gonna have to ask him how he wants to be introduced. Um, but that's this week. I mean, we've got maybe 15 tickets left uh, for that show. That uh, so yeah, spacecoastcomedy.com for that, and then. Our new podcast, me and Jimmy and Scott Hooker, the Unapology Comedy Podcast, uh, open mic podcast, starting Monday, April 17th. Uh, we're going to broadcast the first one April 24th. It's going to be a weekly show, and it's for all levels. Anybody who wants to sign up, drop your name in the bucket. And um, it's going to be, it, again, like I've been saying, it's going to be a high wire act. I love the format. It's a great format. Shout out to Kill Tony for having established it thus far. Um, I mean, it's just, it's great for comedians. It's a good format for comedians and for the audience, too. I mean, it's fucking chaos, potentially. I just hope we can do it for a long time before we have to have security guards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that would be nice. <laughs> but yeah, so unapologycomedy.com and all social media, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, look forward to it. And that also is at the Blind Lion. So yeah, that's the last time that I'll yeah, say that. <laughs> Um, I, f- for the first time in a long time, I'm not doing, well, actually, so I'm, I'm going up to Virginia this weekend to do some turkey hunting, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I got, a, um, some, I was going to call you the great white hunter, but that's <laughs> not appropriate. If Judd would have yeah. said that, I would have been like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I actually got to reach out to Rudy cause I'm going to be near Richmond, Virginia. He's up there right now. And he is. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to reach out to Rudy and see if maybe I can do maybe an open mic or two while I'm up there. Um, but the following weekend, April 13th to the 15th, I'm going to be at the Palm Harbor Snappers Comedy Club. I'm going to be featuring for those three nights. Then the following weekend, I'll finally, it feels like it's been forever, I'm back featuring at Gregory's Comedy Club um, April 20th to the 22nd. So that'll be a fun, again, all three Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The following weekend, I'm in Port St. Lucie for this Kava Bar show that's actually looks like it's going to be really good. And then the following weekend, I'm out of town again. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's all I'll say for now. And then also, as always, please subscribe to this podcast. Um, give us a review if you can. That's super helpful. 
Um, give us a review, so that's good for algorithm stuff. And, of course, as always, listen to my album, The 6040 Rules, available on Spotify and all music platforms. Thank you guys so much. This has been the Funny Style Podcast. Good night. <laughs>